countdown has begun to Buffy's final hour. Only nine weeks are left. Tuesday on an all-new Buffy. He has a soul. If no luck can stop him, no chains can hold him. I want to kill the monster who took my mother away from me. Buffy would never allow it. Then the evil and Spike must be destroyed. This is just the beginning of the end. In all-new Buffy. <laughs> to Dilothrian's Arrow, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me. This is a weekly podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. Some of those weren't words. And this week's episode is Season 7, Episode 17, Lies My Parents Told Me. We'll be talking about the plot, we'll be talking about the characters, and we will be talking about what David Fury, Drew Goddard, D.B. Woodside, and James Marshers think about those plots and characters. So, spoilers about it for this episode, every episode before, after, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. Hey, any podcasts I host without dying? Yeah, those are the good ones. Hello, welcome back. Hello, hello. My name is Kelly and I'm here to talk about Buffy with my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Uh, hello. And my other co-host, Daniel. Say hello. Podcasting makes us human. blah dee blah 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 <laughs> And we're here to talk about Lies My Parents Told Me, which originally aired on March 25th of the year 2003, written by David Fury and... Drew Goddard. This is 17 of 17 for David Fury. That's it. This is it. Goodbye. Goodbye, David Fury. No more writing for Buffy oh, the Vampire no. Slayer. I know. But it is five to the end, so I guess, you know, I guess that makes sense. The last episode he wrote was Showtime, which insert yogurt sound. Uh, four of five for Drew Goddard. Last time was Never Leave Me, and next and finally will be the very next episode, Dirty Girls. This episode was also directed by David Fury. Two of two for him. I didn't realize he had directed another one. I already forgot. He directed season six, Gone. Uh, season six, episode 11. And the, well, there, there won't be a next one for Buffy, but he will direct another episode for the Buffyverse. That'll be Angel, season five, episode 12, You're Welcome, which he also writes. It's the episode Cordelia Dies, in wow. case you forget. Wow. That's Great. the one. Wow. <laughs> so David Fury kills Cordelia. You're welcome. I'm going to be in therapy till I'm 30. Wow. Hey, that's literally the name of the episode. You're welcome. That was just supposed to be sarcastic, <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, Stacia, please tell me about what happened in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I would love to. Thank you. Did you need that? <laughs> sorry, I threw Don't it off. Don't touch my very important podcasting equipment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> New York City, 1977. <laughs> It's dark and raining and Spike is fighting a slayer. They both get some good punches in. We see baby Robin Wood hiding behind a bench. He knocks over a trash can and accidentally saves his mother's life. <laughs> Too bad he wasn't with her in the subway, am I right? Oh! <laughs> and Spike... Too soon. <laughs> 60 years later, it's too soon. Spike makes it clear he's been looking for the slayer and doesn't mind waiting for his moment. He skulks into the darkness and Nikki turns to comfort her son, reminding him that it's the mission that matters. It's Sunnydale, present day, and Buffy, Spike, and Robin are fighting side by side against some vampires. When Robin hesitates to go for the kill, Spike steps in and reminds him how handy stakes can be. Robin glares, and as Spike walks away, he grips his stake so hard his hand bleeds, and he mutters, just waiting for my moment. 
That's probably not good, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, probably not. The next day is sunny at Sunnydale High, but that doesn't improve Robin's disposition. He stares flatly out the window until Buffy walks into his office to give a rundown of the normalness of the school after closing the seal. Robin hopes that maybe it's over, but Buffy disagrees. Robin says that Buffy fights like a girl, his mom to be exact. <laughs> Giles bursts in screaming about how there are no books in the library Let's not forget that the pursuit of knowledge should be smelly You're a snob I have no such thing Oh, you are a big snob You you think that knowledge should be kept in these carefully guarded repositories Where only a handful of white guys can get at it Nonsense I simply don't adhere to a a knee-jerk assumption That because something is new, it's better This isn't a fad, Rupert We are creating a new society here A society in which human interaction is all but obsolete, in which people can be completely manipulated by technology. Malcolm and I really care about each other. I'll pass. Malcolm said you wouldn't understand. I think you'll be very happy here with your musty old books. That was the wrong book. These musty old books have a great deal more to say than in any of your fabulous web pages. Giles darkly says that war is here and then brightens at the thought of sending for his library from back in merry old England. Not sure how many cups of coffee Giles drank while he was missing for the last two episodes, but he's on a tear and then switches to the subject to chastise Buffy to re- for removing Spike's chip again. Giles wants to disarm the trigger that the first implanted. Unfortunately, Buffy can't remember the tune, but that's not a problem because in the summer's basement, we see Xander chaining up Spike and complaining about the fact that the chains weren't there sooner. I guess they help with building furniture? They must. Giles pulls out a rock and says that the rock will go inside Spike's brain and help him understand what makes the trigger effective. Willow reads some Latin in front of a book and the rock turns liquid and slides up Spike's face and into his eye. A few minutes later, he begins to scream. We're back in time and Spike, sorry, William is reading his poem, his poetry to his mother. His mother, an ill elderly lady, sweetly inquires about who Cecily could possibly be and how William needs a woman in his life. William replies that he already does and then looks at his mother meaningfully. Perhaps we should call him Oedipus instead. (laughs) I mean, honestly. After William's mom coughs up some blood, that's fine, right, guys? (laughs) Uh, William cuddles up with his mother and she sings early one morning. Back in present day, and Spike is put on its game face. He throws Buffy out of the way and fights against his chains under the until the liquid rock slides back out of a face out of his face and falls to the ground. A rock again. Everyone is shaken up except Robin. He just lurks weirdly. Mm-hmm. Spike puts his vamp face away and entreats to the group to release him. He says that the tune was an old folk ditty, and his mom used to sing it to him when he was a baby, and also when he was thirty. Liar. (laughs) Giles and Spike start yelling at each other, and Buffy is over it. Giles says some pseudo-psycho babble about how he's blocking the process, but all Robin wants to know is if the trigger is still active. Upstairs, the lesser Scoobies and some potentials are shocked that Spike's trigger is still active. Poor lesser Scoobies. I'm sorry, but they are. (laughs) There's the greater Scoobies and the lesser Scoobies. The phone rings, and Andrew says that Fred is calling for Willow. You better believe it, Buster. Spike drifts back into his memories, and we see Drusilla. It's shortly after Drusilla has turned William, and they discuss the romantic plan to tear their way across Europe. William is waxing poetic about how they'll open up veins and bathe in their blood, but Drusilla is stuck on the fact that William wants it to be just the three of them. You know, him, Drusilla, and his mom. (laughs) Just then, William's mom walks in. William announces that Drusilla has made him what he is. Drusilla says that she's the other that gave birth to him, and I'm just now wondering if the reason he likes Drew so much is that she was his second mom. Gag, barf, (laughs) I cannot handle this. (laughs) Spike needs to deal with his mommy issues. Uh, anyways, Spike inches forward and wishes 
into his mother's ear, we'll be together forever, before vamping out and delicately biting his mom's neck. Willow's voice breaks Spike from his reverie. She goes, she needs to go to L.A. for reasons. Buffy says goodbye and then unchains Spike. We interrupt this plot to bring you the plot of another show. It's time for an angel update. I was going to say, let's go. It's time for an angel update. Perfect. Now we don't have to make any other music. (laughs) Remember the last time we saw our friends on Angel was just episode 13. So episode 14 and 15 have happened in between then and now. Let me recap them both for you, shall I? Wow, wow. Season 4, episode 14 of Angel. Release. Faith is still super fucked up from her fight with the Beast. She takes a shower in Wesley's house and punches a hole through it. That's going to cause a ton of water damage, but she doesn't seem concerned. Angelus is still being annoying and soulless, and that thing that is possessing Cordelia is telepathically commanding him to do stuff under threat of re-ensouling him. Connor and Cordelia are still together, and it's still gross. Connor thinks he might be a demon and says to Cordelia, I don't even know what I am. To which Cordelia says, I do. You're a daddy. And daddies need to take responsibility, Connor. You need to face the fact that we're special, just like our baby's going to be. I had to hear that, and now so did you. You're welcome. Angelus steals a book and gets into a fight with Faith and Wesley. Angelus wins by threatening to kill Wesley and then running away. Wesley tells Faith that she should have killed Angelus, even if that meant that Wesley died. Angel spends the episode doing research on the Beastmaster, a.k.a. Recruit. A.K.A. Cordelia, though he doesn't know that it's Cordelia. The Beastmaster gets mad and telepathically yells at Angelus. Fred and Gun kiss. Faith and Wesley spend the episode tracking Angelus. Wesley shotguns a demon's face off and stabs a drugged human woman at a demon bar for info on Angelus' whereabouts. When they do finally catch him, Angelus kicks Faith's ass again, and the episode ends with him biting Faith. Season 4, episode 14, Orpheus. 15. 15, season 4, episode 15, Orpheus. Angela stops biting Faith because it turns out that he shot her. Oh my God! Angela stops biting Faith because it turns out she shot herself up with some kind of drug when no one was watching, and let herself get let herself get bit so they could bring down Angela's alive or undead. You know what I mean? Unconscious Faith and Angela's are brought back to the Hyperion. That's the hotel that they all live in now. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't made that clear. Angela's gets chained up and thrown into a cell. Oh, the drug is called Orpheus, apparently. Thanks, Lauren. It's a special magic drug that people shoot up to let vampires feed on them so they both get high. It tends to kill people, though, but not before it makes them hallucinate real good. And it's shared hallucinations, apparently, because here comes a flashback to Angel's path with past with present-day Angelus and Faith moving through it, a la A Christmas Carol. They follow sad, smelly, soulful Angel through Ellis Island in 1902. Then he saves a puppy in Chicago in the 1920s. Then he, his sense of style reaches new levels of tragic in the 70s, and he goes to a diner and feeds off a gunshot victim. Meanwhile, the rest of Angel Investigations is convinced that Faith is going to die. We take a moment to make a few coma jokes because she's going to die. Remember when she was in a coma? That was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Then they scramble to reinstall Angelus while he's knocked out. Connor says they have no idea how to do it. And Fred says she's been looking into it. And suddenly a voice from off screen says, I think you need a witch. It's Willow goddamn Rosenberg. She takes a minute to dunk on Connor, then flirts with Fred. Wow. Willow instantly made this show better. She continues to be adorable while she catches up with Cordelia, and then she bonds with Wesley over torturing and murdering humans. Isn't everyone so cool on the show? <laughs> Everyone's fine. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Willow starts to do a re spell, but possessed Cordelia keeps interrupting her. Oh, and real quick, because I haven't made this clear. Cordelia has been able to secretly do all this Angelus controlling and spell interfering without being noticed because she's sequestered in one of the hotel rooms. The only person to check on her has been Connor. Well, and Willow to say hi. And no one has questioned that she hasn't left her room at all, even once. Possessed Cordelia has been holding up an angel's. Uh, Possessed Cordelia has been holding Angel's soul in a jar, and Willow does a spell to break the jar and release Angel's soul back into the ether, so she can grab it with the orb of Thessala. Call back, baby. Yes, <laughs> it's about damn time. I need about a day, and an orb of Thessala, whatever that is. Spirit vault for rituals of the undead. I've got one. I've been using it as a paperweight. 
Connor hears the soul jar break and runs upstairs to check on Cordelia. Possessed Cordelia manipulates him into killing Angelus while he's unconscious and tied up. But back in the flash, back in the flashback, yeah, back in the flashback, slash shared hallucination. We've made it all the way to the 90s. Rat eating Angel. 2000 Angel, 2003 Angelus fights 1998 Angel, and the rat boy gives dying Christmas Carol Faith a, pe- a pep talk while he pummels near future Am- Angelus. There's so many things happening. It's super effective, and Faith wakes up for her, her drug coma, just in time to stop Connor from killing a newly reinsold Angel. Everyone high fives, and Willow drives, I guess, Faith back to Sunnydale. Possessed Cordelia finally descends the stairs and reveals that she's super pregnant. Drama! <laughs> back. The only thing that would have made that better is if he met Stuart Burns Philander in Chicago in the 1920s. Oh my God, what a perfect opportunity! Oh! I know. Oh! He absolutely should have. Jesus. You described that show and it sounds so bonkers and yet I... I I love it. I love it. I can't wait to watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> it was a cool episode. Like um, the the episode fourteen, not so much because nothing really happens, but the one with Faith and the flashbacks and stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, cool. we well, thanks for the angel update. Return back to our currently airing <laughs> program. Last <laughs> my parents told me. Spike and Buffy leave the basement and Robin catches Giles before he heads up. It was a good pick for Robin because we know Giles is a man who's not afraid to make the hard decisions. And frankly, letting Robin o- letting Robin off Spike isn't that hard of a decision for Giles, especially once he immediately puts together who's Robin who's Robin's mom was. God, talking is hard. <laughs> that night Giles takes Buffy out to do <laughs> That night, Giles takes Buffy out to the cemetery under the guise of a good old season one training session. Poorly thought out for General Buffy and her watcher, maybe, not to include the potentials in a night of training, but who am I? I'm <laughs> just a podcaster. <laughs> Giles easily falls back into his watcher role, even though he fucked off to England to give up that gig. He begins to lecture Buffy that she needs to learn to make hard decisions while making her exchange punches with a regsy vamp. Meanwhile, Robin is taking Spike to a secret hidey hole behind his house. Once they're inside and the light flips on, Spike realizes he's in a shack covered in crosses. Mm -hmm. Robin says you can never be too careful when there's an apocalypse on the loose. Robin does some clicking on a transparent mouse. Throwback. I wish we still had transparent technology. Mm -hmm. I know. Spike asks what his deal is, and Robin says he's just trying to do what's right. Robin begins to undress and then straps weapons to his arms normal. He (laughs) reveals to Spike that he's been hunting him ever since Spike killed his mom. Robin doesn't want to fight enlightened and sold Spike, however, so he clicks the mouse once more and early one morning plays over the speaker. Spike is confused and a little scared before he vamps out. Back in Spike's memory, William's mother is a vampire now and she's looking much more radiant than she (laughs) now that she's not dying of consumption. Or TB. Wait, is that the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, William is so pleased and asks his mother what she wants to do that evening. She immediately says she can't wait to be rid of him. She continues on that she... That had she known what a Nancy boy he was going to be, she'd never have killed him. That she would have killed him right after he was born. The verbal punches are interspersed with present time punch punches from Robin. (laughs) William says that whatever he was as a human, he's not anymore. His mother says that he'll always be a weak fool. Robin punches Spike again and again, screaming at him about killing his mom. Robin isn't the only one punching a vampire. Buffy continues to fight in the cemetery with the vamp while discussing choices with Giles. Buffy admits that if she had to face the same choice with Glory, that she'd have let Dawn die. Back at the cross shed, Robin puts a shirt back on and rips a cross off the wall. Handy that one was so close. Mm-hmm. In Spike's memory, his mother continues to verbally jab at him, questioning whether he can have sex with Drusilla without thinking about her. Okay. <laughs> As his mom tries to kiss him, she pushes. he pushes her backwards. She screams at him to leave and vamps out. William says, I'm sorry, and stakes her. 
Robin is taken aback, asking if sorry will fix anything. Spike says he wasn't talking to Robin. Spike's not sorry he killed Nikki. He might have loved Robin. She might have loved Robin, but not enough to walk away from being a slayer. Spike admits that he didn't just kill Robin's mom, but his own. Feels better now, though, because he knows that unlike Nikki, his mother loved him back. Spike hits play again and listens to the first few bars of Early One Morning. He is cured. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Giles warns Buffy that Spike is a liability. Buffy argues that Spike is the best warrior they have until she realizes that Giles is just stalling her. Giles thinks he's making the hard call for her, but I think that's going to backfire on him. What do you guys think? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Buffy gets to the shed just in time to see Spike walking out. Spike tells Buffy that he gave Robin a pass and leaves. Buffy walks into the shed to find Robin pulling himself up. Buffy confides in Robin that her mom is dead too. She feels bad, but she warns him that if Robin tries anything again Spike will kill him Robin scoffs but more importantly she continues she won't stand in his way she walks away she says the mission is what matters Mm. oh my god Buffy is Robin's mom Buffy is everyone's mom. Everyone has problems with their moms. Mom, mom, moms. <laughs> back at home, Buffy runs into Giles when she tells him that Spike's still alive. Giles doesn't back down and says that she still needs to learn her lesson. No, Buffy cuts him off. She's learned everything she needs to from her watcher. She shuts the door in his face. Massive KO for Giles. The biggest one possibly ever. I know. Thank you for that. Oh my gosh. That's four pages of plots. Yeah, it was a lot of plot. <laughs> yeah, wow. Thorough. 20 basically 20 straight minutes of plot sorry guys yeah well you know it was three episodes we got three episodes wrapped up yeah, in that true. one plot <laughs> I gave him a pass let him live on account of the fact I killed his mother but that's all he gets okay uh, we still can't talk about this episode yet I mean we did we just did for 20 minutes kind of so it's time for facts though cool. about the episode kind of. the facts are really long too I yeah. can see yeah you know listen strap in listen I had to watch Angel, okay? There's a DVD commentary, this one, okay? It's just what happens. Really? Just an overabundance wow. of content, which is why I had to put this off three times. Okay. A pro... God, I can't... I can't... I feel like even when Giles says it, he doesn't say it the pro-karyote? way that this is written. Yeah. A pro... Prokaryote. Prokaryote stone is not a thing, but a... But pro... Oh, my fucking God. A prokaryote stone is not a thing, but prokaryotes are. They're single-celled organisms that lack a nucleus and other membrane-bound organelles. The word prokaryote comes from the Greek pro, or before, and carrion, nut, or kernel. And I really wish that Giles would have just called it a before nut instead. (laughs) Okay, how many people think that if someone heard the word organelle, that they would think it was pretty and name their daughter that? Yeah, yeah. A lot. <laughs> Where are all the organelles at? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Katniss's bring back organelle, bring back. <laughs> this is my daughter Organelle and my son Colgate. <laughs> I love that for them. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's completely off topic. Please continue with the fun facts. Yeah, how dare you? We never break topic on this on this show. Okay. David Fury says in the commentary that a major reason Caroline Lagerfeld was cast as Spike's mom was due to her notable physical resemblance to Sarah Michelle Gellar. Barf. Disagree, but okay. Disagree. Yeah. Also, the character was named Anne. He intentional cho- intentionally chose that name because it's Buffy's middle name, although it's never said on screen during the episode. Okay, so it means nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But speaking of names, Spike's last name is Pratt. Well, Williams and Anne's was. The name is first established in the non-canonical IDW one-shot comic Spike Old Times, but was canonically mentioned for the first time in Season 11, Issue 7, Disempowered. William Pratt. What a Pratt. Oh, also they call him Spilliam in the commentary because he's half Spike, half William. Uh, Spilliam. Good old Spilliam. Love it. Mm. 
The episode was originally intended to air on March 18th, 2003, the day before the Angel Angel crossover on Orpheus, but it was postponed due to the start of the Iraq War, which invasion began uh-huh. on March 19th, 2003. 19th, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. there you go. That's a weird, weird thing. 20 years, man. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Happy 20th anniversary of Iraq. Yeah. Yule Brenner. Born in 1915, died in 1985, was a Russian-American actor best known for his betrayal of King Mongkut in the Rodgers and Hammerstein stage musical The King and I, for which he won two Tony Awards and later an Academy Award for Best Actor for the 1956 film adaptation. He played the role 4,625 times on stage and became known for his shaved head, which he maintained as a personal trademark long after adopting it for The King and I. 4,625 times he did that play. That's so many times. That sounds like purgatory. Yeah, right? Is he being punished? <laughs> I mean, you got to think that means he did nothing else, basically, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I also looked him up, and yeah, I couldn't really find anything else he was known for. Holy shit. He's oh. definitely a famous name. Like, I definitely know the name, but yeah, I looked him up, too, and I was like, I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. But I rem- I've heard the name before, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was for that. But I mean, it's we talked about like Blue Oyster Cult playing, you know. Right. Eight million shows. Like, f- eight million times. It's like, you know, the bread and butter. You're just out there. It's a job. How many times did we go to work? Have you counted how many days you've been uh, to work, Kelly? I mean, fair enough. It starts to get dark. Fair so. enough. Wow. Okay. Dark. Cool. Let's move on before we think about that anymore. <laughs> Anthony Stewart Head wasn't actually on set during the graveyard scenes with Buffy. From David Freer in the commentary, quote, Tony wasn't here for this scene. I had to shoot the scene with Sarah in a stunt double. This was the first night of shooting, and we let Tony go because we were running late. We shot Tony's side of it 10 days later, so Tony is not even in the same space. It works. It's the magic of editing. It's so wonderful that Tony can deliver that performance when it's not very simple. He's getting the lines from... uh, He's not getting the lines from Sarah. They're being read very flatly off screen by somebody, and yet he's able to deliver that kind of performance. Also, his part was shot in an entirely different cemetery, so it's not even the same place, much less the same time, which I did not really clock that. Uh, That came off pretty well, especially considering Giles has been like weird and distant and aloof this season, so that really helps. Uh, The end is nigh! The UPN started airing commercials about the series finale of Buffy during this episode. I tried to find them, and I really couldn't. Um... Was that interesting? No, it wasn't. Speaking of final things, this episode marks the last appearance of Juliet Landau as Drusilla. Goodbye, Drusilla. We loved you very much. And the show is ending. Everyone's leaving. The three of us will teach the snobs and elitists with their phone roll just what... Three? You, me, and Mother. We'll open up their veins and bathe in their blood as they scream our names across the... What? You... You want to bring your mum with us? Well, yeah. You like her. Uh, Sasha, what did you think about this episode? I like this episode. Yeah? Was it good? Um, I don't know if it was good. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what your definition of good was. I have to say the scenes with Spike and his mom were deeply, deeply uncomfortable to watch. Yes. Um, but I do like having, like, a peek into Spike's past again because he's such a weird character. To see what he was like as a human is always interesting. Um, And I like that he didn't kill Robin because Mm -hmm. I think that proves how far he's come as a vampire, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Uh, And I also like that, you know, Giles has always been this, you know, 
source of comfort and support for Buffy. And when he told her he was going to leave, she like basically begged him to stay and he refused. And now when he's back, she's realized she doesn't need him anymore and she makes it clear to him. So I thought that was really um, satisfying. Hmm. Agreed. Yes, good. Daniel, what do you think about this episode? I really like the idea of the episode. Um, the lies our parents told us. I mean, we have Giles lying to Buffy, her dad lying to her. Spike and Robin are on their own journeys to like remake and make memories with their mom. And I thought that was all really well done. Like I really loved Robin and Spike. Everything that they did together uh, has been great all season and continued to be great in this episode. We won't even get into the lies that Joyce told Buffy about the gallery, but that's (laughs) for later. Um, But and her bringing up Joyce was also surreal. Um, But anyways, uh, Mm. but I felt still a bit hollow at the end of it. And I think that if I had a plethora of numbers, it would probably go down a little bit further than I thought it would. Um, I, I didn't know what I was missing, and I still kind of don't. It feels a little bit hollow to me. I thought it might have just been Willow running off and nobody giving a shit. I thought that was really weird. The potentials mm-hmm. being in this episode at all mm-hmm. was really stupid. Um, Giles, honestly, like coming back, and we're not even going to say why he was gone except for did you bring back potentials, um, I thought was just really weak stuff. And then I was like, okay, is it maybe Spike at the end? Like his stance on Robin was pretty tough. I mean, I'm glad he didn't kill him, but he was like – fierce i really like that i wasn't expecting him to be so mm-hmm. matter of fact and like mean to, to robin poor robin he's just like mm-hmm. i miss my mom he's like fuck you life is hard it's not my fucking fault <laughs> but also like when he's like my mom loved me i thought that was great my mom loved me mm. and it's like did she i mean i hope it stays ambiguous because he's like it was a demon that took her over but maybe not maybe that is a way for him mm-hmm. to tell continue the lies uh later so i don't know if we're gonna f- figure that out or not and i hope we don't um I also kind of like, I feel like Robin and Giles are just going to get a pass for colluding to kill Spike. And that pisses me off a little bit. Um, the lack of interrogation of what it means to be a, a slayer too. talking about it all season. Uh, the mission is all that matters. Like we keep hammering at home. When is somebody going to think about what it is to be a slayer and that you've been lied to by all these people and all this. And maybe it's not true. And it comes down to like Dawn, you're going to sacrifice Dawn. Like, have you read any book? In human history, love defeats hate. Love beats evil. Like the fact that you're willing to sacrifice her was the right call in season five. I feel like it's going to come back in your face and bite you. Um, This sort of like, I'm willing to sacrifice everything. Because no, because love is what conquers all. I feel like that's where we're going. And it's weird that we're kind of doing it again. And then also the interrogation of Buffy's morals when she says, I'll let him to Spike uh, about killing Robin. And it's like, wow, Mm -hmm. where... Who is this person? I know you make the law, but the law is becoming so much more capricious and random. It's like, oh, so you just literally decide. So all of this talk about how I can't kill humans or whatever, that goes out the door because I say so. And and I know that that's true. It's mm-hmm. just it starts to get to the point where I know Buffy gets kicked out of the house later. And I'm like, is it because of this stuff? Is it because that she's she's pushing things too far? Because I feel like this is another thing that keeps happening. And I just wonder if it's going to pay off. So I'm, I'm like watching all these story threads and I'm just, I hope that they pay off. But that's kind of how I feel at the end of it. Because I'm like, I don't know if they do. Because Buffy's let me down before. So there's a lot going on. And I just hope it matters. Darling. It's who you'll always be. A limp, sentimental fool. We have very little time yeah, I know. left. I know. And we're introducing essentially a second villain right. in that time. Um, 
so I don't feel like we're really going to pick up on the nuance of Buffy's wobbly line of where the lies, which is too I don't bad. need them to interrogate the whole thing. I just I I hope that we have somebody pushing back against it, somebody that matters, not Kennedy, not a fucking potential, but like a main character. But even that feels weird right. now because Xander isn't even in the show. Willow just leaves and no one cares. Who even is a main character to Buffy? <laughs> Who even is Spike? Spike yeah. would be the only person that is on the same mm-hmm. stature as Buffy where like what he says would actually matter for the plot because everything else would be completely disregarded by Buffy. It's a weird dynamic to be mm-hmm. in and I'm glad she let Giles go. Giles is like a character that just shouldn't be in the show anymore. It's really weird that he's here and I don't think that they played him well. I think that he comes off... I mean, that's kind of the point, I guess, but I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. But uh, I will say about uh, Spike's mom, yeah, there's, uh, at least not in the show, there's no real follow-up to, like, how yeah. Anne apparently may have actually felt about William in real life. But we do have that nugget from um, season three when Willow, we get Vamp Willow, right, where, where Angel just kind of under his breath when she's like, I think I'm kind of gay. And, and Buffy's like, yeah, well, they're nothing like, vampire yourself is nothing like your real self. And Angel's like, well, actually, it's kind of just yourself without inhibition. Mm-hmm. So that, going from the text of the right. show, that, that established mythology, you would say that, yeah, Anne did feel like that. Mm-hmm. His mom did feel I like that. Think so. She just didn't ever say right. it. I was like, yeah, so, agreed. That doesn't change the fact that, you know, Spike was deluded into to thinking otherwise and you know if she's constantly lying and saying otherwise how could you not believe it but yeah i uh i don't think or he bought the lie he bought the lie that you know she was this demure woman who loved being with him and but really she wanted she wanted out from the moment he was born but he now can move on from it Mm -hmm. believing that the demon just because he got his soul he can believe that she was in she was entrapped by a demon when really she Mm -hmm. was telling the truth and that is the reality. But the lie he'll carry because it makes him better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the other thing that he's, David Fury said about Spike um, is that he there was a lot of controversy around Spike. Apparently p- feelings about Spike, like why would he let his mom do this and all that kind of stuff. You know, he's a vampire. Um, so why would he care? And... He, why would his let his mom do what? The treat him like that, like while when she turned right, like why would she? Why would he not just like go nuts? I'm like he does kill yeah. her, so whatever. Fan, fans are weird. Fans yeah. are weird. Fans are dumb. But um, and and I include us in that, so that's fine. Um, what? Excuse me. Fine, fine, fine. He made a point to talk about Spike as a character and how he is different than all the vampires that they never explicitly say it in the show. They don't ever plan to. They never would. But like. His humanity, the person he was as a human, does deeply impact him as a vampire, and it does make him kind of unique. And I'm like, okay, so the reason why, I think if you want to boil it down and be really cynical, the reason why Spike is special is because he was kind of a good person. (laughs) And all the other vampires we encounter were shitty people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you look at at Angel as a human, he was just like a drunk man whore. Mm Mm-hmm. With no ambition, so... And I think that tracks, if you look at Harmony, is the only other example, you know, that yeah. we really... Sp- I mean, Drusilla is basically still Drusilla. She's kind of just, you know, crazy, which yeah. Angel turned her into that right before she turned, so it just kind of exemplified that. Harmony, she does kill people, but she's just like, I'm just me still. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to be a bad guy necessarily, but I will but kill so you because I'm Harmony hungry, gets so. a pass, and she continues on into the comics, but what about fucking Richard? What about all the other people? You know, I mean, there's so many... Other, that's that's <laughs> again you, the line where Buffy, I'm just going to kill them all. Well, Richard could have been a nice guy. You j- We'll never know. Why, why spike? spike? Why spike? Why anyway, harmony? Because 
He's still a killer, though. Of course. At he the is. end of the day, he's still a killer. That's Spike? all we got to remember. Yeah, Spike. Why do we got to remember that? Because that's the whole reason everyone's mad. Mm. Let's let's move on more formally, shall we? Hey, any apocalypse I avert without dying? Yeah, those are the easy ones. The mission is what matters, as you just brought up. Slayers having babies. Good or bad, mm. Stacia? Clearly bad. <laughs> Slayers <laughs> are not meant to have babies. <laughs> Clearly bad. Do you want to expound upon that? Uh, they have short and brutal lifespans. They have no stability for a child. Agreed. Daniel, good oh, or bad? bad? I mean, come on. That's that's why it's that's why it's rare <laughs> to have bad. it happen. I mean, I wonder who the dad is. I mean, I have more yeah. questions than answers Same. about how this all came to be. But I mean, it's just like if Buffy had I mean, a kid, it would be Riley, and then we'd be disappointed. So I'm sure it's a level of that too. It's just a, a random person <laughs> right. who she had sex with. But like, um, I, I'm curious. Like, what is it like to be a kid uh, as a Slayer? What is it like to grow up with Crowley? There's so many cool elements. I just I love that, but mm-hmm. we'll never know. Yeah, we. I was thinking about the in the killer in me with the wicked group and mm. all the ideas that we could come forth from that, and then this too, like exploring Robin's character, all that stuff, just like the idea of of all of it. And I'm like, why did we set up all these cool ass ideas when you knew the show was ending? It's not like we're in season four and you're unsure if the show's going to get picked up or something. Not that there was ever really a doubt with this show, or I guess season five, right? Right. During the transition from the WB to the UPN, it's not like then. So why are we fucking writing all this cool potential shit that we never... What are we doing? It's not nice. Anyway, I also think it's a terrible idea to have a kid. But, you know, like, sometimes... Whoops. Pregnant. Okay, so what do you do? I mean, we could have a smusmortion, but we're not going to tackle that on this show, I'm sure. Although, I mean, they could. They would. Anyway. But if a Slayer reached a point in an age in her life and she actually wanted to have kids, do you think it's not a good idea under any circumstance? Yeah, correct. Okay. Unless you were to give the baby away. I doubt Robin's the first baby from a yeah. slayer. It just it the idea that you're gonna grow up to watch him go to school or graduate or get married or something, depending on our time frame, is probably ludicrous. But you can always hope. That's the whole yeah. point of a baby, right? Is this little bundle of hope. But um, you know, not a great I- idea. But you could have a kid and I guess you would give it away at least have a plan there because yeah. i mean for the watcher you would want to discourage that at all costs because crowley clearly is a yeah. um a, a person who like you know took on the kid but i don't know if every watcher would do that obviously so yeah i mean it's obviously a bad idea to me on the face of it as well because you're putting the kid in danger one yeah. robin should not be out while you're fucking patrolling but who knows maybe they're just gonna walk in the park and spike pounds so sure. it is what it is but you're always in danger so like Having a kid is a bad idea. Also, it puts you in danger because you have a child liability. We've talked about that with Buffy and her friends. Like, they're just a liability. They they put you in danger. She's like, no, they're a strength. Whatever. Little baby, not a strength. Never. Never a scenario where that's going to be beneficial. Except friends, for the yes. one scene that we see where he saved her life. How dare you? <laughs> also, it feels like there's vampires all the time in Buffy's world. I just, again, I would love more context in New York because she's like, the mission is what matters and I have to go after Spike. But it's like with Buffy... They just kind of come to you. Like, Buffy, obviously you're going to patrol and you're going to walk around and stuff. But, like, if I see Spike again, cool. But here, like, Robin, sorry, you have to go live with someone else because I have to now go and die on a subway because I have to find this random guy and fight him. Now, I understand why you would want to find him because he's now he's loose in the city. How the fuck are you going to find somebody in a, in a city of five million people? What are you talking about? You just have to continue with your life and hope that they're going to find you. I feel like that's what a Slayer does. Mm-hmm. Exist and, and attract vampires right weird well that that's kind of a a thing that's 
I was wondering about. We probably talked about this in Full for Love, but I definitely don't remember it. Spike says, you know, I don't give a piss about your mom. She was a slayer. I was a vampire. That's how the game is played. Uh, and he says Nikki when he meets her. So, like, he's been tracking her. I always remembered, and even though we just did this two years ago now, okay, I guess that wasn't that recent, uh, that Spike just kind of encountered them, right? Like, it didn't seem no, like... No, I thought he was hunting them he was? specifically. He was? Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true, because he wanted... Oh, yeah, right. They make a point. Yeah. He gets really excited when he finds out about the idea of a Slayer, and then goes after Yeah, and the then he goes after the one yeah. in China, and okay. then I think he does that again in New York when he finds out where our Slayer is... Uh, one, because it's like a trophy to mm. brag to other vampires you've killed a slayer. And then two, it's supposed to be like really good blood for some reason. Right, right. Which is why it's so frustrating when he kills Nikki, he just snaps her neck and walks away. Ugh, insane. Oh, you could also <laughs> say like, this is so, the 10th time I've run into Spike. I need to I need to stop this for good. You know, you don't make it seem like yeah. this guy is a really a menace. Because then that would, that would make Fool for Love even, you know, pay off a little more too. Where it's like, wow, they have really been going after each other for a long time, and this is like really the big moment. Yes. But this just seems like a random encounter. Uh, maybe they've known each other. Maybe this is fight number ten. But we don't know that. So it's mm-hmm. weird where you're just like, see you later, Robin. I'm gonna go die. It's like, okay, bye. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah, they could have made that a little more clear. I think they are trying to establish, even with setting up this other second scene, that th- they've had some yeah. contact because otherwise, you know, wh- it wouldn't feel as powerful. Mm-hmm. Like to have her get murdered. We need to know why. Because if it was just a random encounter in the subway, it's like, okay. And then we also don't care about Robin. Like, So yeah, I think you need that tie-in that this was a ongoing situation. He was stalking her, essentially, and she had to, to risk it. What kind of man are you, Spike? Sorry. Not much for self-reflection. Yeah, makes sense. Does Spike have a point? Like, Robin, I, that is, I don't care that it's your mom is, is one thing, but like, Slayer's gonna slay, vampire's gonna kill. It was kind of, vampires are compelled to kill slayers especially because it's a fun trophy, like you said. Stacia, should Robin just get over it because that's how the world works? (laughs) You want to eat a hamburger, cow's gotta die, and you gotta eat that guilt, sorry buddy. A nice acronym, Mom. If you're gonna be in, the, if your mom's gonna be a slayer, like she had a choice over that, I'm gonna, she's gonna get killed. That's just, it is what it is, man. Forgiveness makes us human. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't think that Spike was saying that Robin needs to get over it, but that Spike's saying he doesn't regret what he did, even if it's Robin's mom. That that doesn't change anything because vampires and slayers are supposed to be like in a fight to the death. It's one or the other. And if it wasn't Nikki, then it would have been him and he doesn't feel bad for surviving. Ah, yeah, that's probably the takeaway that it was her her or me, man. Yeah. But... Not 100% true, as we just discussed. He well, because was, he was hunting her. Right, but yeah. still, I think it's the same idea. It's like, well, if they're out hunting me, why can't I be out hunting them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah agree. fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I killed a lot of moms, man. She's probably the one that deserved it the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. How many innocent people I've killed that weren't in the game? Because he even says it, but that's how the game is played, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, oof, I yeah. agree with every. every Part of that, the only part that I don't agree with is that she signed up for it. I think that the show just conveniently and has done since season one, really, sort of glossed over the idea that, like, this is totally random. This You can either pick up the mantle or you mm-hmm. don't. You get a watcher or you don't, as we've talked about so much. The whole council and how this all works is still very mysterious. So she didn't sign up for this. Uh, you could probably walk away. Obviously, things are going to, like, come at you because they're super magical elements that kind of Again, magnetize uh, elements uh, of the underground world, the creepy crawlies, to come towards you. But 
you could theoretically not go after Spike. You could just go and sit in your fucking apartment and chill. I, you don't have to do any of this. Yeah. So when, when Buffy parrots the mission thing, I'm just seeing a bunch of like, uh, you know, girls that have just swallowed the propaganda of their of their male watchers. Like, that's all this is, which is another just break the wheel moment. Like a different show would focus on how a bunch of girls have been duped by a bunch of men into saving them, saving the world for them and what that meant. Because we saw little snippets of like, I don't want super strength from the from the people, you know, to become a super slayer. You know, we got a little bit of that pushback against who was it that made the slayer, but we don't go any further. And it's really frustrating. That is something I didn't really even think about in the moment that I was just like, why Buffy would you turn down extra power and as a utilitarian thing? But she is like, I didn't get, in a way, I didn't get to choose this in the first place. Now that I'm faced with the choice, no, man. If I could go back, I wouldn't want to do this at all. But I don't know if that's even true. But I'll kill Don. That's kind of a different question. I'm curious. (laughs) so spike even brings up the like you could live your life differently if she loved you why didn't she walk away man i know my mom loved me but your mom didn't love you enough to walk away so did you i think that's that's a fair point point. (laughs) yeah what does that look like can she actually walk away i mean like i said we see faith they would come after you right i mean theoretically but like it's better to be a defensive fortified person maybe that's not much of a life maybe there that's the argument against it but like at least you're there. I mean, if, if that's worth it to you, if you want that, you could make a life that is not going out hunting vampires where you could die mm-hmm. at every moment. They can hunt you and you can have booby traps home alone style and take care of your business. That's yeah. why n- the show about Nikki the Vampire Slayer would be really interesting be. because if she chose, well, and if she chose to leave, now the council's hunting you because as we've discussed, they would fucking kill you because would they, they want... Because they want a new Slayer, one they can control. Maybe. Or that could be an interesting show. Well, they didn't kill Faith. Yeah. But they tried to kill Faith. Well, and then they immediately gave up. Yeah, fair enough. And Buffy still lives. Okay. Well, regardless, I think that Nikki could have run away. She could have run away from the council. She could have run away from her watcher. She could have run away from vampires and taken her kid if she loved her kid enough and wanted him to have a good life. <laughs> if she cared, honestly, I feel like if she cared about Robin, even like a tiny smidge, you would you adopt him out. You give him yeah. to a family like, who can take care of him. What happened to the dad? Maybe he was just a random encounter. You don't know who the dad is. Like, maybe he fine. Died. But yeah. like, I want that question is just a question mark out there. Like, why isn't he in? Involved. If he could be, and if he can't be, then why wouldn't you find a better family for him? And if you're not going to do that, and you're going to keep him, then you need to give up slaying. Like those are your choices, as far as I'm concerned. And I think you can. We even see Buffy when she runs off to Folkland to be a waitress for three months. She doesn't fight any vampires. The council doesn't come after her. The council doesn't come after her. Giles doesn't find her. Like she's just living her little life. And Nikki and Robin absolutely could have done that. Chanterelle was part of my exotic phase. I mean, Willow and Xander took care of business there. You know, and the council they didn't did. know about That's that right. because yeah. they mock them when they meet them for the first time. Like, who the fuck are these kids? Those are the kids that yeah. kept Sunnydale vampire uh, free, maybe not free, but definitely killed people while Buffy was in Folkland. That's who those people mm-hmm. are. Her friends, which probably Nikki doesn't have. Right. That's what makes Buffy unique. So so Nikki obviously is alone. Mm-hmm. So we would, you know, where she probably has no family to give it to. So there's all of those elements that I wish we just knew answers to, because you're right, Stacia. It's like all of these avenues to go down and why she didn't choose them is like so cool and I wish we knew mm-hmm. more but we, we never will 
I wonder if that's maybe why we don't go into it, because those questions are logical ones to ask. And they're like, I don't know how to write that. Let's just not. <laughs> and cinematically, but, it, it, it slaps. I mean, the, the ambiguity of it all is so good because we only see her twice, really. And it's like that. This is awesome. This is so cool to watch on screen because they are so mysterious even 70 spike is so mysterious like i think once we start to get to know them more it'll be really cool but it will take away that allure as well of like all the questions we have about who they are and it's cool i mean i think it would it would give you new questions because i also wonder like what about her family like we know buffy had us a mom that she was still living with right like where's nikki's family could could grandma would not have taken Robin in while Nikki went and fought and then she still could have a relationship. Like, I feel like there are ways you you could set it up where it wouldn't feel like you were just, like, expecting to traumatize your child. (laughs) Unless Mama Wood died of an aneurysm just like Joyce and, you know, she's on the run. I mean, yeah, maybe, but since we don't know any of that. But I think it would be fun to see, like, if you, if as a writer you have the challenge of, okay, Nikki is a slayer and she has a kid, how is she doing both? Yeah. Well, grandma's involved and this is their relationship and, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever. Like, I think that would be interesting, but it's a whole slayer family. Yeah. Well, if I was going to guess, I would say that she probably, on some level, is probably pretty good at balancing the two, right? So she thinks that she's fine. And then one day Spike comes into town and like that's really what upends it all. I mean, if you were going to be a writer, yeah. it would almost be like, look at me, I'm doing so good. I didn't need mom. I was able to move to New York. I did all this. I did that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one day it's like, fuck, you know, I met somebody who's not just a run of the mill vampire. And instead of like saying, hey, go back. No, I can do it. I'm strong enough. I'm better. You know, I can do this. I can kill him. And then she becomes obsessed with that. And that leads her to the subway. And that's where she dies. I mean, that would make a lot more sense, too. Maybe she is on the run and we don't know. And maybe Crowley is searching for her. You know, like it could be anything. We really don't know anything about Nikki. You can also have Crowley be a super interesting character, too, right? Because now he has a choice. I'm sure the council would pressure him to, like, don't let her have that fucking kid. Get rid of that kid. Kill the kid if you have to. Get him out of the picture. And so he can be, like, you never really know if he's on her side or on their side. Well, and a darker thought is, what would Giles have done? (laughs) Killed. Killed He makes the hard choices. (laughs) He sure does. But we know that about Giles, and that's cool. We know that. We know that. Well... I'm curious if the council even knew that Robin existed. Yeah, well, we, that was a big because question. Because it sounds I had. like with Giles, he was just like, "Oh yeah, Crowley. He was based in New York, and then he kind of disappeared." Which huh. means that yes, they did. If Giles knows that Crowley was a person, they absolutely know that the council absolutely knows that. And he even said, "Oh, you're Nikki's daughter." Like he knows. He knows she had Is a kid. It- is it that or is it that he's putting it together when he was like, Spike killed my mom in New York at the time that there was a slayer who died by Spike's hand in New York? I mean, he like because he was like, yeah, I know who Crowley is. He was a watcher in New York who mm. took who was Nikki's watcher. I know Spike killed Nikki because Spike's killed two or three slayers or whatever. And I know the lore of that. And you just said Spike killed your mom in New York. I understand yeah, so I guess it is still ambiguous whether he not. was putting it. Together. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. well, and because he said Spike or Crowley went off the map and no one knew what happened to him. Like he took Robin and disappeared. Right, which is canonically what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, did he do that because the council didn't even know that she had a kid? Right, so we still don't know 100 percent if they knew about Robin. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's so cool, man. What well, it's like four years story. too of like, what is Nikki doing? In those four years where, like, the council doesn't Mm -hmm. even know. And, again, the council could be as incompetent as they were in our time 
And they could already have the rot in the 1970s. That is totally believable, right? So it's just how long has the, been the, the council been rotting from the inside out? Because, it, you know, presumably mm-hmm. they just wouldn't know, right? I mean, they're like, oh, the Slayer's off in New York. She's killing vampires. We hear about it. And it'd be Fine. way easier to, to be off the grid in the 70s. <laughs> way easier. Crowley. I remember the name. New York-based watcher. Resigned shortly after his Slayer was... Nicky Wood's son. Yes. Spike killed your mother. Yes. Okay. So talking about Giles and his hard decision making. I'm talking about what needs to be done for the greater good. Is uh, it's time for our favorite question on the show? Is it time to kill Spike? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, do they have a point? Is it time to kill Spike? Uh, I feel like maybe you and Daniel would disagree with me, but I'm on Buffy's side, and I don't think she was out of line with telling Robin that if he tried to kill Spike again, she'd let him. Mm, Daniel, Spike, kill him. No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually on Buffy's side as well. <laughs> I mean, we know that Spike is um, cured, and we know that, but well, sort of, you know, we we see so much more of Spike, more than Buffy even that we understand who Spike is more as a character. So like I am on Buffy's side because she is right. They were right about him being a trigger, but I want to believe that he can be a human and do all of the stuff that he's going to do. But I understand why they want to kill him. I do get it. I just think not telling Buffy is just a huge faux pas. And it's not gonna it, it it's not gonna end well any way you look at it because she's gonna put it together that either you stalled her or you know you colluded straight up to kill. Well, Spike. she was never gonna agree, right? And I think they know that. Like they had gotten to that point where it's like we've already kind of hinted and like I straight up said like he's a liability, and she didn't care. So I guess that's why they're like, okay, fine, we'll just have to kill him. And then it's for it's for not only her own good but the, the greater, greater good, good, right? The greater yeah. good, the greater good. So. Do, do you think there's any validity to that station that it's actually for the the greater good, or is it vendetta for Robin? And maybe oh, it's absolutely vendetta for Robin. Just like he does, he's not thinking about the damage that Spike could do to others. Although I'm sure he is a little bit, but yeah. he's mostly thinking about you killed my mom. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why he puts on the song, right? He's like, I don't want to kill sold Spike. Right. You're not the Spike I want to kill. I want to kill the monster that's in you, so I need to bring him out. Um, as far as Giles, I don't know what it is. I feel like he's doing some weird power grab thing with Buffy where he's decided he doesn't like how close she is with Spike because he's never liked Spike and I mean fair dues on that I guess but to try to strong arm it and pretend like Buffy is like too weak to make the choice to kill Spike doesn't make any sense to me yeah, Daniel, do you think that this is a little bit of grudge settling for Giles, too? Like, maybe he's a pissed off about Mr. and Tepton rape, and this is like, mm-hmm. this is the moment. I've got this guy on my side. Let's do it. I feel he was performative when he when he, when he was like, oh, this is just vengeance for, vengeance for you, Robin. I mean, he brought it up, and then Robin was like, yeah, fair enough, but also he's 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 pretty bad. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, just instantly was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's fine. I just needed you to say that, that too. So it wasn't just vengeance. Uh, you're going to remind me that, yes, he, in fact, he is bad. So we, yeah, that's pretty much it. I do think that he is not, again, not wrong that if that trigger were to come out at, at a random, inopportune time, it could be bad. It could be very bad. But you got to, I don't know, you just got to trust Buffy. And like that's where a Giles character would be so much more interesting if he was somebody who was written, he is written out of step and obviously gets the door slammed in his face. But again, it's just like, 
I, I wish that we just showed how out of step he is this whole season or just not had him in here at all. And he shows up and he's like, mm-hmm. we're with Spike. What the fuck? No, we have to kill Spike. I heard about what <laughs> happened with Spike. Like he doesn't know anything because then that would make him wanting to get rid of Spike even stronger. That would make sense. Otherwise, you've kind of seen it. And I'm sh- do you guys not talk about anything else? Does Buffy not say anything else about Spike? Do we not know more information? Is it just what's said on the television show? That's what's really frustrating. It's like these people never fucking talk to each other. So, yeah. God, I don't know. The other thing that is consistency throughout the podcast. Why won't our friends just fucking talk to each other? Mm -hmm. Every problem can be solved by talking and you guys just refuse to do it. Did you have something else you wanted to say? Uh, Well, I was just thinking and maybe I'm wrong and I've forgotten, but... I was thinking about how they've sort of like turned Giles into this like bitter character in the last couple episodes where he's immediately chastising Buffy about removing the chip and how that's made Spike unsafe, regardless of the fact that the chip wasn't actually holding Spike back from attacking anyone now, except for when he's triggered and then the chip doesn't work. Um, But so regardless of that, so you're like, okay, well, then the trigger is the problem. It's not removing the chip. So then Giles has to go off to find his little rock to fix the trigger or whatever. Um but, and this is going to sound really callous, and I'm sorry for everyone who's related to the people in that basement. <laughs> but did Spike do anything besides kill those humans and bury them in that basement when he was triggered? Not as far as we know. Because he hasn't actually, as far, like, one, I don't know what the purpose of that for the first was. And then two, he hasn't actually done anything to hurt within the, like, Scooby gang, anyone, because he's been triggered. Um, He ripped Andrew through a wall. He threw a cot at Dawn. And he smacked Dawn in the face. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, like... <laughs> he threw a cot this, at Dawn. But the first has not actually triggered him to... You know what I mean? To, I like, do. go after Buffy in her sleep or something. I like, I feel like he could be a lot more dangerous than he is. And so, like, okay, so he's killing Riggsy humans that aren't involved in this at all. Like, yeah, that's not great. But... Is that <laughs> yeah a reason to kill him, especially now that he's not doing that anymore? And you know that that's why he was doing that. So right. if you get rid of the trigger, then he's safe. But even still, it's like, okay, so we didn't fix the trigger. I mean, Spike does eventually, but in this moment, it, does Giles really have the justification to kill Spike? Buffy's not wrong when she says that Spike is our strongest warrior and what we need are warriors Mm -hmm. because like otherwise what is she looking at? She's looking at a group of babies who just whine and complain about how they don't have the right type of cereal. (laughs) And like, you know what? I guess I feel like at this point with Buffy, it's like one, she can probably kill him if it comes down to it, if she has to, if the spike or if the first trigger is him and spike comes after someone, she could kill him. So until that, why kill him? And then two, so if he does kill a couple of potentials, clearly they wouldn't have made it at the end of the fight anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's Buffy's point is like she's trying to bank. It's like, I can handle him. Yeah. yeah. I can handle him. I He'll be my responsibility. This is, And it's my choice to make, so fuck you. Yeah, anyway. Dan, I, no, I think that's a good reason why Buffy is like on Spike's side too is because he, he hasn't really done anything to the group outside of a couple of like lashing out moments and stuff. Obviously he's dangerous, but I can take him. So yeah, Don's gonna get a cod and all that stuff. But it's true, all those people that died. What that? What is that? Quote unquote. You know, question mark, question mark, question mark. Why? How does that equal what you want Spike to do? Except maybe to drive him a little more mad, or maybe have him do it on his own volition. Those are interesting, but the show doesn't show us that, so who knows? But I mean, that could be Buffy saying, "Yeah, the the first made him do this shit, but he hasn't done anything to us. But if he were to come after Willow, I'd kill him. Come after Don, I'd kill yeah. him." 
And I believe Maybe, Don, although, I believe Buffy. I, well, yeah. fucked on, but Willow, hopefully. <laughs> She would defend Willow. LOL. So there's no one. You know what? No. She has given up. She has embraced the villain era for her. And she is just her her and Spike. Everything Spike said about Drusilla, it's for for Buffy. They're going to go off and destroy Europe and revel in blood and darkness. That's that's their (laughs) future. Open their veins and bathe in their blood. If only. How cool would that be? I have become a creature of the night. A vampire. Are you drunk? Well, the other thing that I was thinking about, because I think, you know, you're kind of like, okay, well, fine, Spike shouldn't be killed. But maybe Buffy was a little too extreme with deciding that if Spike wants to kill Robin, like, that's fine. um, If Robin continues to be an issue. Um, See, that seems extreme. That seems to be like the, like you brought up earlier, just that's so out of character for what we've reestablished and reinforced several times about Buffy and human. We don't interact with humans. We don't fuck with humans, human law, whatever. She would set... Let a guy be murdered. Yeah, so I I have two thoughts about that. One, I think we see from Buffy that in the graveyard, she says, I would make the hard choices. I wouldn't have let Dawn die before, and I died for her. And this time, I would let Dawn die. Sometimes, to save the world, humans have to die. And if I have to choose between Spike and Robin, I am choosing Spike. Yeah. So stay out of my fucking way. Um, So I think that's what she's doing. Um, because she's recognized, Ezra said that she needs to, to make the hard choices and she's evaluated it and said, Spike is my strongest ally. And if someone's going to get in his way, they become a problem. The second thing is the show goes on to justify her because we find out the only way to end the apocalypse is to have an insult vampire wear this fancy little piece of jewelry. Okay. And if you had killed fucking Spike, what would we do here? So that doesn't, that's not a great look. That's not a great look. That's why I think with the the randos in the basement, it was all that. I think the first somehow knows Spike matters in the end. Yeah. And so like that the, the whole killing the, need. the humans was to goad Buffy into killing Spike. That's all that was. Yeah. Is to gotcha. get him off the board. That makes sense. Um, and that's what this is. Yeah. So I wish that was more explicit because otherwise it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah. This seems completely irrelevant. But I think, you know, you don't know that at this point, right? That you need Spike and he is the key to fixing this. Um, But even if you don't, I don't think she's being too extreme. Yeah. First I thought uh, invoking Don was kind of an unfair comparison when Giles is like, you know, what about, would you make that choice now? And she's like, yeah, I fucking would. But I think that's an absolute one-to-one. Like, yeah, I'll let Robin die. Yeah. I need him. Yeah. It just is what it is. You want me to be a general? I'm making the hard choices. And then Giles tries to to be like, you don't know anything, little girl. But I, most of that is just stalling, I yeah. hope. I, no, absolutely. But I think she was like, you know, I've done the trolley problem and I figured it out. <laughs> One person dies and we save eight people. <laughs> and if Robin has to die to avert the apocalypse, well, Robin's fucking going down. <laughs> yeah. He's on the other track, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Hurts, don't it? This is what it felt like? You beat the life out of her, toyed with her, when you snap her neck! In that graveyard scene, and I don't think that this changes anything, but I'm curious if you want to know. There is a deleted scene. So Giles, during the graveyard scene, is supposed to finally confess that he killed Ben. Oh. So um, here's the exchange real quick. Giles, yes, and the first seems to be exploiting this to his advantage. Buffy, exactly, the first is doing this. Spike's innocent, Giles. So was Ben. Uh Ben, Buffy says Ben, he was a human being after all, forced his whole life to share a mortal form with a demigod from a hell dimension. Buffy, glory, I know. What does that have to do? 
Ben was oblivious to the atrocities Glory committed, no more responsible for her crimes than Spike is for his when triggered. Glory was invincible, impossible to kill. Ben was not. So after you defeated her, after you left Ben lying there alive, I made the decision, one that you couldn't. And Buffy's like, Giles. And the Giles is like, I put my hand over his mouth. And as he shrugged weakly, I smothered him because it had to be done. He was a liability. So David Fury was really intent on that being in the show. He thought it was really important that Giles confess and say, I killed Ben. Quote, here was an innocent Ben who killed who I killed to keep glory from coming back. I mean, that was the end of season five. And I was so adamant that it must be in there that we shot this long speech of his confession. And when we looked at it afterwards, we went, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear about Ben. That was two Mm -hmm. seasons ago. And I built the whole scene around that. And I went, ah, okay. And then Drew Goddard comes in and he's like, you were so passionate about it. I raised a minor objection and you slapped me right in the face. (laughs) Fun. That that wasn't fun. But yeah, (laughs) anyway. So does that change anything? Do you think, one, do you think they should have left that in the show station? I wish they had. Yeah, just because it's cool, right? It's cool to, like, anytime we can get Giles really be like, sometimes I'm a bad guy. (laughs) If I need to be, I will be. I think it makes more sense for him to be like, sometimes you have to make the hard choices. And you have it in the past. And that's why I'm pushing you. Right. It makes more sense than to just be like, you need to make the hard choices, Buffy. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But as we just discussed, it kind of like is doubling down on what he already got. A, she already got across about the Dawn line, right? Anyways, yeah, sorry, Dan. It's weird. I, that- I, I wish that we heard him say that. That is so cool. It also really ties in with the Dawn thing that it makes a little more sense why they're talking about would you sacrifice Dawn because then they're just mm-hmm. talking about it. That it makes a little bit more sense. So I mm-hmm. wish that it was kept in. Um, but this episode is so chocked full of stuff that I don't know what you would have necessarily cut. It's a weird one where, right. uh, you know, other other episodes, fuck, it's easy to put in deleted scenes because there's a bunch of bullshit happening but this one's pretty good but I do wish that we heard Giles say it and also we don't get enough Giles at all in this season so I don't know spend more yeah it's it's tough they said that the episode was already way over uh, when they come like way over the only thing you could really cut is the lesser Scooby scenes, but I, they are contractually obligated to be in the show, which is why each of them got one line <laughs> this episode. Um, and even that, I don't know if you could have made up the time enough to have that in there. But um, yeah, I think that it would have been great to keep it in, not only just to hear it, hear him say those words, but he's trying to make the point, I know best. That's the point of him saying that, right? I already did the thing. You have theoretical choices that you've made. You didn't make the hard choice when it came down to it and completely ignore the fact that Buffy's like, yeah, and then I had two years, well, minus the time I was dead, to make hard choices when you weren't fucking around. So, like, how dare you? How dare you question me? Uh, I think it would be like him comparing and contrasting, right? Like, you know now the hard choice would have been to let Dawn die and you wouldn't make it. I knew that the hard choice was to kill Ben, and I did make it. So maybe we're at this place again where you're not willing to make the hard choice, and I'm telling you what needs to be done. And I feel like that would make a lot more sense than just to be yelling at Buffy yeah. <laughs> yeah. for no reason. Well, it's too bad. It's too bad we didn't get to keep it But up. he didn't even okay. say that because then he just he, – he's only here to stall. He didn't, he didn't present her right. mm-hmm. the dichotomy and let her essentially choose or fight against her and mm-hmm. say, we're going to stop you, Buffy. I'm going to kill him myself or whatever. Then you have to stop me mm. and we'll see what happens. If you kill me, then that's that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would have been cool because like, uh, Giles comes off as a little bitch. Honestly, it's it's kind of a mm. it's a bad. <laughs> he does. It's a technical term. I know I don't I don't usually bring scientific terms into this podcast, but that's what he <laughs> is. And it's really it's it's a really like huge fall from grace for the guy. Yeah, that they should have taken a harder turn, I guess, if they were going to do this, if they were going to put Buffy and Giles really at odds like he's not really our friend anymore commit to him not being our friend instead of this halfway point of like you're just annoying and now we don't like you you kind of 
even if he was at odds, we might not like him, but he at least he would have his reasons here. It doesn't really seem like he has a leg to stand on, and he's just. He could annoying. even go back to drink. <laughs> he could go back to being a drunk, and he can go back to being like, yeah, you know, fun. like, oh, I'm, the, I'm past my prime. I am no longer needed, and have Buffy, you know, again, contrive a reason that he is needed for the final fight or something, and then bring him back in, and then we get this nice redemption arc for him. But otherwise, he's just a random person who's just jet setting across the world for what we don't know. There's no reason. Yeah. Um, it's also weird because I feel like generally. You know, Giles has been someone that Buffy can trust and rely on, and he's always, like, given counsel, but then stood back and trusted Buffy to, like, make her own decisions. And I think this is one of the few times we see Giles where he's trying to force her to do something that he knows she doesn't want to do. And the other one that, like, sticks out to me is um, when she gets her powers taken away on her birthday, and Giles does that to her, and it's, like, this huge betrayal. And this feels like the same level to me, almost, where it's, like, you're taking away my agency to make decisions over things that are my choice. What do you think was a, a bigger betrayal? This, trying to kill Spike, or taking away Buffy's powers? Taking maybe? away Buffy's powers. Yeah. Why? I mean, because he did that to her. One, he used her trust in him to do it, right, by pretend couching it in a lesson about staring at a gem or something <laughs> yeah. to hypnotize her so that he could jam poison into her veins and then putting her in a deadly situation like that's all so fucked up and this is also messed up and I think this also betrays her trust and you know his sort of position in her life as like this guardian you know guidance figure um to just rip the rug out from under her feet essentially I don't know it just it really upset me it seemed really cruel and I feel like generally Giles doesn't come across that way but in the Cruciamentum episode he definitely does and in this episode I feel like he does too yeah what do you think is the bigger deal the helpless or this a great question I mean in helpless it I think it hurts more because she's so much younger and so Mm -hmm. he um she trusts him so much more implicitly, whereas obviously now not so much. So even so, I don't know. It's kind of it cuts both ways. Like I feel like Giles is it's worse now because they are both adults and like you're still conniving behind her back and doing this kind of stuff. It 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 looks really bad, and she is an adult where you're not the watcher anymore. You really have no say in her life or what she's doing. You can only help her. Really you can't stop her. You can't hinder her. Um, whereas before, unfortunately. Again, the show doesn't interrogate this, but he is acting on orders because uh, this is something that the Slayers do. You have to right mm-hmm. take away their power, send them off and be helpless and see what happens. Right. So unfortunately, he is part of that world. And I think he's as much just like in patriarchy. He is as much of a victim of it as, you know, any any as the Slayers are, as the girls are over the over the time, because he is just acting on these orders that. You know, again, he doesn't he doesn't think about it. And so he's just going to do it. He's going to feel bad about it. I'm sure he's not the only watcher who felt bad about it, but he still did it. Whereas now he's like, he doesn't have to do any of this. There is no council. He watched it blow up. You can be your own self. And this is who you choose to be. It's tough. Right. I think that's the biggest difference is that he does feel instantly remorseful and, and he even goes to save her, right? Like mm-hmm. at, at the end, because he's like, this is I can't believe I even ever agreed to this. And he feels so bad about it in the moment here. He doesn't give a shit. He's Mm-mm. killing Spike. He wants to. This is his plan. Well, and then back at home, he reiterates. Doubles down, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter that he's still alive. You should kill him. Yeah. <laughs> How cold was that, too, when he's just like, you know, he, Spike's alive or whatever. He's like, doesn't matter. 
Like it just he didn't yeah. care. He really didn't give a shit. He didn't care about Robin yeah. either, which is pretty brutal because Buffy's brought him into yeah, the fold. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. And I like that. I like that like cold Giles. I think that's really interesting. The Ripper Giles. And I wish we just knew mm. more of that side where we'd be like, oh shit, Ripper's coming out. You know, that that would be mm-hmm. cool. But I don't even think about Ripper. Would you let this vampire live if you can't save in the world? Sure. Seems like a nice enough guy. Thanks. No problem. My name's Richard. Hi, Rich. We came back from the Crucimentum, the helpless, and, you know, Buffy forgave him, and we got back on solid ground pretty quickly. Um, do you think that we're going to get over this, that we're going to move past this? That her and, and Giles will be chums again tomorrow. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't remember what happens. I think no. <laughs> yeah, we don't come back from this one. Well, I, I think, I mean, maybe in the comics, but in the show, I mean, I know that she ends up on rocky terms with kind of everyone. Maybe once the apocalypse has happened, there's like some glimmer of understanding between them. I don't know. They stand by the giant hole in the ground and look hopeful. They yeah. do. That means it's good, right? He is there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Daniel, you don't think they're getting, or you think that they are going to stitch this up because we have to because there's only five episodes left? Next time, they're just going to be hugging it out and going to a theme park together, yeah. They're just going to be together. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Uh, the theme park that's in Sunnydale. I forgot about that. Right next to the docks. If if they need it, it'll be there. Well, I guess there was that little thing, merry-go-round thing. Yeah. There's a theme, there's some kind of amusement park-ish thing somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that we don't come back from this. Um... We've talked about this several times as the show has gone on. We all get distant. Season four split everybody apart. We've come yeah. back together a little bit, but you, you can't go back all the way. That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, with Buffy and Giles, I think the schism just gets wider and wider. And by the time he dies, spoiler, in the comics, you don't really care. Nobody cares because they've, they've edged Giles out, Giles out so much that you're just, like, not rooting for him. You don't really want him around. He makes Buffy feel like crap. He undermines her. Why would you want them? And it's the life but of it, a of a watcher too. I mean, that's a that's probably what happens to a lot of watchers. So it's kind of sad. You could also almost write it off as like you're not supposed to live this long. Okay, I was only supposed to have to give a shit about you for two years, <laughs> and then that was supposed to move on. You know, but My in a life way, should be different. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't supposed to keep sticking around. So I don't feel like I owe you anything anymore. Uh, yeah, but I do. I coming back to it, I think that we should have just made him. Even more cold. I mean, Buffy's saying that I am a general now. I'm my own person. I don't need you around. And he's like, well, okay, well, but you're doing it wrong. So now we yeah. have this conflict of like, you're not saving the world right mm-hmm. anymore. And so he has to go on his own mission. And he has resources and he has contacts and he has all this shit. So while he doesn't have super strength, he could certainly manipulate situations or move pieces around so that he could get hit to his ends before she can. And maybe even fucking kill Buffy or try to one day yeah. you know like he becomes the head the of the initiative and Riley and them <laughs> go after Spike agent you know 17 or whatever like let's go yeah tell me what's your pleasure pleasure to take my leave of you of course the lark hath spake from twixt its wee beak you honestly thought I could bear an eternity listening to that twaddle it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Yeah. Now, reasonable or ridiculous, Ooh. are you ready to play? <laughs> Goddamn right. Station reasonable or ridiculous. Willow Fox off to LA without a word of explanation. Uh, I mean, apparently they did it for time, but super ridiculous. <laughs> Buffy doesn't care. <laughs> One of your most powerful friends just needs to leave right now for no reason. You're like, okay. 
Daniel, reasonable, ridiculous. Same reason as you, Stacia, but it or it's but it's reasonable. It's reasonable because they're not friends anymore. They hate each other. They hate Gillow. They hate everything about her. Fuck her. Let her go. It would have been kind of funny if Buffy was like, "Could you just take Washington too?" Like, I just don't want to see her face. Washington. For a while. Oh yeah, this is Stacia's new bit. She's gonna call <laughs> Kennedy a different president's name. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you told me about the bit. <laughs> <laughs> because without explanation, you're like, "Who the." F- Fuck is Washington? <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? Well, okay. his girlfriend Washington. <laughs> so even with explanation, reasonable or ridiculous, that Willow doesn't tell Buffy about Angel needing his soul restored. Uh, I think that's reasonable. I think that would distract Buffy, and she would have feel like she needs to go to LA to deal with it, and she shouldn't. Mm, Daniel, reasonable or ridiculous? Agree again, but I'm going to say ridiculous because I feel like the show, because no one <laughs> cares about anybody. I feel like you would just casually mention that and then leave. So that you can fuck over Buffy because they don't care about one another anymore. So fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> what does she give a shit about Angel? Also, that really would have worked out for Buffy and Wood, or for, for sorry, for Giles, Giles and Wood's Wood. plan because yeah. if Buffy would have been like, oh shit, maybe I need to go to LA too. Uh-huh. Time to kill Spike! <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable ridiculous. Giles fully believes that the school board would care about his opinion regarding the quality and quantity of the books at Sunnydale High School. <laughs> Have you seen the new library? There's, there's, there's nothing but computers. It's not a book to be seen. I, I don't know where to begin, Buffy. I, I mean, who do who do we speak to? I mean, he's he wants the books to be all about like weird occult practices, as if a normal school library would have that stuff, anyways. Is that what it is? I thought it was just like they don't have any books. No, I think it was because he was like, "I'll bring my library from England," and I was like, "You know, his library is all like magic books and stuff." Maybe, maybe he just wanted to bring the classics. Daniel, reasonable or ridiculous that he is this impassioned about books and thinks that the school board would care? Uh, no, it's reasonable that he's impassioned. That has been his character throughout. Um, yes. But it's ridiculous that anybody would care. Uh, they, the school was, <laughs> was destroyed for years. Where do they go? Yeah. I mean, that's they don't care. And also, theoretically, the school board already voted to put those computers in the library where that's you think right. the book should have gone. So I don't think they're going to just go backwards. I just realized how much bullshit Robin has on his desk. Oh, there's like he hands. He a lot of stuff. Yeah, the hands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Little stone guys. They do a Little dive weird into statues. This. A maraca, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what this Statue is. Of a, Half a, a lamp. Picture of a rock in the back. A metal that's just <laughs> yeah. casually hanging off of boxes, about yeah. to fall yeah. over. But like very weird. Yeah, strange. What are you doing in here? What are you doing in here, Robin? <laughs> Finally, reasonable, ridiculous. Spike turns his mom into a vampire and wants to bring her on his adventures with Drusilla. <laughs> Um, ridiculous and disgusting. <laughs> Daniel, reasonable or ridiculous? See, the, the, the overtones of the Oedipus complex stuff, um, mm-hmm. that aside, I, it's, it's like a sweet idea that you want your mom to live forever and to not be sick. So, like, it's reasonable that, yes. that, that, uh, that little Spike, sensitive Spike, would do something like that and not kind of understand the implications of it. And uh, the mom's clearly uh, cut from a different cloth, and part of that... <laughs> kind of becomes who Spike becomes. Spike becomes rude and kind of the way that she sort of talked to him was almost a mirror of like who Spike, the Spike character is sort of modeled after almost. So, but I don't know. But okay, but okay, just generally bringing your mom on your vacation with your girlfriend. Uh, I, you got to know that she's going to want to leave at some point and like go and kill on her own. <laughs> but that would be the hope, right? I <laughs> That, that she would leave. But I think he th- he really thought, I'll just live with her forever because he is just a sensitive little boy. That's really it. 
So it's reasonable for him, but it is ridiculous. I mean, it's a dumb idea, man. Come on. Yeah. Oh, uh, about the whole that gross scene that makes everybody upset. I mean, effective. So good job. But uh, apparently they Joss Whedon went back to them several times like make it grosser make it grosser make it worse <laughs> and Drew Goddard's like I have to talk, still talk to my mom after this so like please please don't make they me they did sing. a great job yeah. of how gross it was without going over the line that was yeah. great mm-hmm. that was really very good. well done yeah very she well was done. great yeah uh, Lagerfeld Caroline Lagerfeld good job and actually British oh, there we go finally <laughs> okay uh, now is as good a time as any to remind you all that we are a real podcast you can find us everywhere Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram we have a website beatmepod.wordpress.com that has notes about our show uh, and you know if we make references and stuff it's it'll be out in there go check it out beatmepod.wordpress.com also on that website is a link to a Spotify playlist that I put together for you that can you the listener uh, that contains music from the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well as music from this podcast if the apocalypse comes beat me but if you don't feel like going to our website first you can go directly to Spotify to look for that playlist and what would you search if you were looking for that playlist beat me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans season 7 it's time fun anymore you say that every time but yeah. I'm a genius you're a genius I, I I sing that to myself to go to sleep at night wow. so that I remember it reinforce reinforce mm-hmm. she'll be okay she's tough Ow! Uh, hey, it's time for us to yell about some stuff. Are you ready to yell? Get your book. It's right here. Read from it. Okay. <laughs> um, this wasn't a gem cut like we like in classic Buffy episodes, but it was close enough when they're in Principal Wood's office and Buffy says, maybe everything's fine. And then Giles walks in. Everything's terrible. <laughs> it's pretty <excellent>. So good. <laughs> maybe everything is fine. Everything's terrible. Total catastrophe. I wrote, how is Robin the only smart person in Buffy? He has a room (laughs) of crosses. Is it because he's from New York? I don't know. Okay. I just want to say the sheer variety of crosses implies he has been collecting them for years. Love that. This is not he just went to Home Depot and bought some two by fours and hastily made a bunch of crosses to confront Spike. This is his passionate hobby. Oh yeah. He searches eBay and vintage shops for these crosses. I feel like today he'd be on TikTok yeah, saying how about cross collectors and me crosses. Absolutely. I mean, he yeah. loves this. I love yeah. the idea of a road trip with him where he just drives through small town America and just steals fucking crosses. <laughs> like, I can't wait for this to work Steals out. crosses and yeah. kills vampires. <laughs> Dope shit. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it's a very niche American Pickers um, situation. That's that a show, right? Show. Yeah. Where they just drive around and like take stuff out of people's <laughs> wow. garages. That is so. the premise. <laughs> They came into my garage once. That's what we need. <laughs> God damn them. Uh, I just, now I feel bad because I yelled in all caps, Giles, where have you been? But now I wish he wasn't in this episode because, Giles, <laughs> you have betrayed us all and you're no longer our friend. And I'm sad. <laughs> you betrayed us all. <laughs> you betrayed us all. Anyway, your turn. Go ahead. Um, Back to the scene of them all in Principal Wood's office. I love that Principal Wood is trying to keep up with what happened with Spike, and he's just like, the military gave him a soul? Oh, just, yeah. like, his complete confusion, because fair. <laughs> okay, I wanted to piggyback on your comment just then, right? Because anytime... I Anyway, whatever. So when Robin's doing that misunderstanding thing, and it, it is funny, yeah. and it, it makes sense that he would be confused because what the fuck is happening right now? Uh, Drew Goddard said of that... 
You know, the problem with our show is we become our own worst enemy with our extensive mythology, and sometimes it's hard to just get into any of this. And one of our methods we use to, is just to completely make fun of ourselves, because at the end of the day, it does get a bit ridiculous. Drew Goddard confirmed ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, who's on Who's on first? A, yeah. a, new, a new update of that. Great stuff. Yes, absolutely. So he has a trigger, a soul, and a chip? Not anymore. It was killing him, Giles. The trigger. No, the chip, the trigger's not active anymore. Because the military gave him a soul. Sorry. Uh, best fight scene in a long time. Uh, anytime that you think mm. about Fool for Love, you are in a good place. Um, best since Dead Things. Like, Dead Things was probably the oh, last yeah, time right. I cared about a fight, yeah. uh, which was mm-hmm. that flash fight when you were fighting uh, one of the Katrina demons. demons. Right? The, the Katrina demons. Katrina demon. Um, yeah. And definitely, I think, the most emotional, probably sensible for love. Like, hit that. I, I think they were obviously going for that with the cutbacks between everything. Mm-hmm. So I think this, coupled with Full for Love, like, taken together, really works. I didn't know how much the two would uh, really interact with each other, but, like, the fights are very specific and the, the way that he's telling Buffy about the fight with Nikki and it being the same with Robin sort of narrating the fight through was also fantastic. So, oh, so good. Yeah. The D.B. Woodside. Holy shit. What an amazing so actor. Like, so I don't know if this is in your notes, so I'm sorry if I'm stealing it. That's fine. Um, it felt really ridiculous that he put his shirt back on. It was weird, right? Um, they, they did that. They had to do that for the stunt. So the, the rig that he was on. That pulled him back into the wall when Spike kicked him. So that's why they did it. But after I watched it, like, you know, the seven times that I watched it, I was like, it kind of does make sense the way they set it up because he's like, oh, this is over. I won. Let me put my shirt back on. It's time to go. So while it is a little clunky, it's still good. And it it was important. Like, they thought that maybe they were going to. Why did they make him take his shirt off to begin with? Well, because they all felt, and I agree, that it was important that you see all of his giant muscles so that you thought that he could take, he might be able to take Spike or at least hold his own. You know, that's why putting on the extra stuff, it's like, there's a chance he could really beat the shit out of Spike, and, you know, he does get him on the ground, and we think maybe it is that. Although, you're, you know, he doesn't get him with the stake in the end. But I think that it all it all makes sense once you put it all in context. You want to be able to see, like, oh, wow, this dude is big. He could probably beat the shit out of Spike. They're also probably to. like, this dude is in the best shape of his life. He's hot. This is a WB. Take off your shirt. Yeah. Thank you. But him screaming when he, you know, when he stopped her neck and boom, it's like... That is incredible, and we don't often get people, like, mm-hmm. there to that place on this show. Just like, whoo, fucking goosebumps. And then when he's crying, too, they're like, they made a point in the comedy, like, those are his real tears. Those are his real tears. <laughs> I'm just, like, so proud of everyone. He's an actor. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Anyway, so what a concept. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, I loved seeing more of William's bloody awful poetry. I wrote down the line, her eyes, bowls of honey, because I thought that was particularly <laughs> funny for some reason. <laughs> What a bizarre thing to compare eyes to. A bowl of honey. Oh, Spillian. You pour something in the bastard. I said right here, I kind of forget this one. I love Robin needing, a, oh yeah, a couple of hours to distract Buffy. Um, and I said, as if vampires aren't the most vulnerable creatures in existence. Um, Spike's mom basically died because she used a wooden instrument to like attack him. If it wasn't wood, he might not have it turned into a spike and he killed okay. him. Killed yeah, yeah. her. Um I feel like you don't need a couple of hours. You literally just need to walk up behind him and and I know you want to have like some pageantry, but vampires mm-hmm. can be killed so easily. They, so easily. They are maybe the weakest animals in existence. They're very strong, very powerful. And if you can't get the heart or whatever or behead them with barbed wire, they're very, you know, that's hard. But if you can get it, they're so easy. If you're their friend, 
bam, just you're done. It's over. I'm so I feel scared like, to be around Daniel now. I, <laughs> I too would die from a stake in the heart. Well, fair enough. But <laughs> you wouldn't turn to dust. I mean, I that's could miss true. your heart too. It doesn't that's seem to true. matter. You just My death of, would be boom. messier. That's true. It would a lot be. more blood, which yeah. nobody wants. You Harder know? to cover up. Yeah, Daniel's exactly. a Woodwatch truther. He's a monk truther. I know. I know. I mean, facts are facts. It's much easier to kill someone who should have been dead 300 years ago because nobody's going to miss him. Or just chain him to a, a rock he can't move and leave him outside. That's What, what are we talking about? Yes. Honestly, though. And he would die, right? He would die without getting sustenance. He would just turn into a big... Well, the sun would rise. The sun would rise. and that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, what, yeah, that's what I was thinking about is the sun. But yeah, yeah. no. Well, no, that would also be... That would be satisfying if you're Robin. You you chain him up. I mean, I guess you'd have yeah, to chain him up first. Yeah, and just yell at him as the sun rises. Yeah. Or you just shout for mother, and then you hit him with the <laughs> 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 For mother! And then run away. <laughs> In that split second, after everything that happened with his mom, he would know. He would have a split second where he's like, oh, my mom. What was up with my mom? What was up with all that? And then you're dead. But but he would he would get it. He would get the synergy between the two moments. And then Spike's it. last thought had to be of that fucked up thing that happened with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, apparently, during the graveyard scenes, there was a mariachi band playing. So, David Fury, there was a mariachi band playing through this entire scene in the graveyard, and we had to wait between songs to get little snippets of dialogue. So it took us forever what? to shoot the scene. It was the first night of shooting, and there was somebody on a loudspeaker shouting in Spanish, and something... Oh, shouting something in Spanish, and then a mariachi band would play. It was very funny at first, and then it became sort of tragic as we were trying to make our night. Drew Goddard then says, it got ridiculous because it started with just helicopters and cars honking, and then he would say, what could possibly happen next? And then a mariachi band started playing. And I want to point out, we're in a cemetery. Somebody had a mariachi party right next to a cemetery. Sounds like they know how to party. Yeah, the, the, like when somebody else pipes in, I think it's James Marsters, he's like, you know, L.A. is a party town. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. uh, good stuff. Anyway. Your turn. Uh, I had a thought, and I don't know. I don't know if it's ever confirmed in the story, but I wonder if Spike's mom is the first person he kills. I it, uh no, because her, it's implied that him and Drusilla have been like out. And, is it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, right. Well, I don't know. It's just a thought. But definitely one of like the first five you would think, which is mm-hmm. pretty intense. Who is this woman? I'm the other that gave birth to your son. I beg your pardon. It's true, mother. Uh, random, but on that same note, did you see Drusilla like rubbing her belly during mm-hmm. that whole conversation? Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> she yep. is just such a goofball. Well, that's I why I was her. like, she's his mom. He I only know. fucks his mom. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to fuck Buffy, his mom, and Drusilla, all his mom. <laughs> I wasn't going that far, but, but uh, it's it was just, true. I, I just mean, thought the, she was being a silly goose. That's all. I'm the other that gives <laughs> birth to your son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they make that explicitly clear with like naming her Anne and like yeah. we think she looks I like Sarah Michelle which whether or not it's I don't like any of that true, stuff. That no, doesn't nobody need likes to it. happen. No one likes it. It's no. my middle name. Let's bring it back to the silly side. I just wrote that James Marster is such a good goobery mama's boy. He plays mm-hmm. a great goober. Yeah. He's I great. Guess. He does, yeah. You guess? I mean, I don't like it, but he does it well. Oh, yeah, fair enough. But he just loves his mom. Yeah. He just wants to take too care much. of her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And now we're back. And we got we to gotta Yeah, okay. Him. Moving on. Um... <laughs> I have to say, Drusilla is just batshit crazy, and I love her for it. Like, in my head right now, I'm just thinking of her when she's like, do it again, do it again, when they were like, 
<laughs> right? Like, she's just, like, always for it. But the moment he's like, I want to take my mom with us. She was like, you want to bring your mom with us? Mom? Like, that's even too fucking crazy for me to deal with. <laughs> to eat, you mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love her complete confusion. Because she's never been confused before. Yeah. She's just, like, always, like, a 100%, let's go. I don't care what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then she was just like, what? <laughs> I want to know point. about her relationship with her mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things I wonder what her not life good. is like. We don't know. Oh, was not it good. not good? Well, she went to a convent, right? Yeah. I, it was, it's unclear if she oh. was in a Going, convent already. She, yeah. Well, she. I think she was being tortured by Angel. She went to the convent because she thought it would save her soul. Mm-hmm. And then he turned her when she was supposed to say her vows or something. Yeah. Damn. I forgot about all that. Okay. Yeah. But R.I.P. Drusilla, man. I mean, yeah. it's sad that we're never going to see her again. Maybe there'll be a supercut. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, God. I don't know how much <laughs> I have, but we'll yeah, do it. I know you like a good wriggle and a giggle and a squiggle. Naughty. Your face is a poem. Oh, I can read it. Happy birthday, Buffy. This is Drusilla, girl. Do you have the slightest idea of what she means to me? It's the face of my salvation. She delivered me from mediocrity. For over a century, we cut a swath through continents. hundred years, she never stopped surprising me. Never stopped taking me to new depths. I was a lucky bloke. Just to touch such a black beauty. You. Walk in worlds the others can't begin to imagine. Oh, yes. Drusilla was always straightforward. Didn't have a single buggering clue about what was going on in front of her, but she was straight about it. That was a virtue. This is so disappointing. Uh, the whole time I was, I was uh, watching this, I was like, I know that somebody could listen to this and think that we're haters about uh, Washington, Kennedy. Um, <laughs> but I look at Robin, like Robin is a brand new character and I feel a million times more for him. And I know we have a little bit of a kernel of like why we care, which is Nikki, but even she's a pretty random character. I guess Spike had a big episode with her. Like there are obviously like things that Robin has that a Kennedy does not, but they like took care with Robin. I don't know. Like hmm. he is just an example of what you can do in one season with a character where you care about him and you care about his story and his plight. Whereas Kennedy is how you do not write a character. It's an afterthought character. Somebody who doesn't need to be in the episode in the show and also ruins a character, which is like the worst way to, mm. to write mm. anything. If it's just there in the background, who cares? Um, but, but you're actively you ruin Willow. Willow worse. Yeah. You make well, I think Willow worse. It makes sense because like, who the fuck is Lincoln? Like, she just comes out of nowhere. You don't know anything about her. Fucking Coolidge. And you don't know what her motivation is. She's just, like, kind of annoying, overly confident, nobody. Like, I don't... Where is she from? The U.S. somewhere, right? But we, like, don't even know. She's a rich kid from New York, right? Yeah, New York, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we just don't don't know anything. Like, I wish that she had been like, oh, these were the kids I used to would have bullied at my school, and Mm. now I have to be friends with them, and I don't know how, or, like, something. I mean, as we said, a a, a potential slayer, right? She was a former potential slayer. Cool. Interesting. We could do that. Make her 18. Fine. Like, yeah, there's definitely a million ways to write her, and for us to care about her, but not the way they did. Well, even would... Even a step further, and not just because we care about Nikki at all. Before we knew anything about him, he was still more compelling. Because mm-hmm. we were like, oh, is he a bad guy? Is he not? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you want to know what happens with mm-hmm. 
Never once do you want to know what happened to Kennedy or what's going to happen to Kennedy. Just stop being around. That's mostly the thought. Please stop. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you caught a picture of this, Daniel, but going to the lesser Scoobies for just half a second, <laughs> Anya's hat makes her look like she's going to compete in synchronized swimming in any moment. Oh, my God. <laughs> it it's... dominates my Anya belt alert because yeah. um, Thank God. you have to talk Thank about you. it. Yeah. Thank you. It's one of the terrible. worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> It looks like Look a hat Willow would normally wear. Like exactly. season one Willow. It feels like a season one, season two. It's yeah. Like a, it's <laughs> got the flower so pattern too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delicious. I don't know. I, I think you, you probably talked about it when we were watching it. But yeah, when Spike's like, uh, he she used to sing it to me when I was a baby. And mm-hmm. Buffy's face is like, you were a yeah. baby once? Yeah. <laughs> you were a person? <laughs> ah! It just like completely throws her. Yeah, but that, like that adds a layer too. Where Buffy's mm-hmm. like, even now, where she believes mm-hmm. in Spike more than anyone else, that he could be human, that he, you know. But she's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah, you were a baby. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> you had a mom. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, The last thing I have, which was going through my head, was wood couldn't spike spike with wood. I'm sorry. How many woods would a spike spike if, if with uh, wood? If a spike, spike could spike, spike with, with wood? wood? Yeah. How many woods would a wood spike spike if a wood could spike with wood? Sorry. <laughs> Continue. It's hard. It's hard to do. Uh, no, my final one is about crosses. Can you feel a cross coming? Uh, can you feel it against the door as you're about to walk into mm-hmm. it? If you go into a church steeple, do you feel, do you wince when you walk underneath a cross that's mm. suspended up in the air? Yeah. Does a chill run through your veins? So if Robin opened up the door and Spike held the door, right? That's just a natural reaction you would have. Would he feel against the door all the fucking spikes, in, or the spikes, all of the fucking uh, crosses Six, in that crosses. room? And if he would, would he have screamed in pain? Would he have felt it through the door? Or is it only when you can visibly see them that you are now entrapped in a prison of crosses that you cannot longer you can no longer leave i I don't i'm probably not saying all this right but like how does a blind vampire avoid crosses (laughs) that's the real question here (laughs) if you're blind can you i'm just it doesn't radiate energy can you feel a cross coming right because if you could then spike would be like whoa yeah whoa this place (laughs) is fucked up because then when you walk in you're just like ah i'm in a prison that sucks. From, That's a really a huge oh, um, vulnerability for vampires. <laughs> Just blase. <laughs> Imagine like you know the old joke of like a, on the office where it's like you know send one piece at a time to a bin Laden or whatever oh, right, he's going right. to build himself a jail. <laughs> right, right. Like that you could do that for Spike. You could send him a piece at a time. He would build it and it'd be like, oh shit, it's a cross. Fuck. <laughs> now I'm entombed in this cross thing that of my own making. I don't know. I just I'm curious about. Uh why crosses work how yeah i mean we've we've talked about that a couple times yeah i (laughs) I think that i don't think they can feel it coming i think that when you see it you're like oh shit this is gonna hurt when it touches me Mm -hmm. but yeah the blind vampire doesn't know until they touch it and then it's too late yeah i think that's the answer i hate it (laughs) (laughs) life must be really hard for him because he knows he can die at any moment i mean anything he could just walk into a fucking tree branch and die Uh, so could we again (laughs) no no but for them it's like a particle of wood a particle of wood can kill them yep yeah yeah i I mean i would love that maybe the initiative's done it like they've taken that Mm -hmm. to the absolute extreme where they've just like inserted a tiny little speck of wood dust into the heart of a vampire and seen if it killed Mm -hmm. them that's some shit you would do if you were fucked up a government organization 
Yeah. Boring old in English. Just like you, old Brenner. You old Brenner. A British, you old Brenner. Daniel, I believe it is time for you to update us on our watches. We have a mini spoiler about Anya, but I'm still excited about the rest <sighs> of it. We do. We do. Xander Construction Outfit Watch. No, no, you're good. It had to come up. Uh, no for Xander. Not in this episode, basically at all. Nope. None of our Scoobies are, really. Maroon Jacket Watch slash Anya Belt Alert, as we just said. Absolutely not. And I said, what the fuck does Anya have on her head? <laughs> it has been covered. <laughs> we still do not know. Dawn's Piercing Screams. Hell yeah. yeah. Cockrown at her scream. We love to see it. Um, she was very funny, too. And her showing up with, like... <laughs> like just hanging out. it's just weird to see her she's just not a character anymore nope. um chips ahoy wait sorry chip yeah who's on first we get a whole thing about <laughs> chips and you know the whole thing is about chips we are still talking about chips to this day even though it's which gone. i think is pretty crazy little is bad yeah we we um opening shot with the crew william's a vampire richard's a vampire yeah. lots of vampires turns out kelly there's a lot more vampires than you thought when we did this watch which is fine I mean, that's why we did the watch. Uh, Buffy has a personality. Yes, she's a fan of pink. Yep. The artist. Um, She cannot tell when somebody is hiding information. Spike is literally lying to her and about the relationship with his mom. Like, there's more Mm. to what I just saw. And she's like, whatever, it's fine. Which is kind of a damning (laughs) point on her if I'm Giles. I'd be like, he's fucking lying. Like, are you kidding me? Right? Um, Dumb enough to go with Giles who's been a suspect character for a training session. Like really? And, and like you brought up station, it didn't even occur to me. Why are no potentials going with her? Yeah. What are we doing? Why does Buffy need to train? Unbelievable. Buffy is starting to branch out on her motivational speeches with the telephone repairman. So she is starting to branch out. Hopefully <laughs> she can make one. some money from this because she needs to get paid. And she's willing to sacrifice Dawn, which is not a good look. So yeah. uh, I hate that. Also, she touches people when they're sleeping, uh, which I did not <laughs> like when she touched Dawn. Mm-hmm. But she didn't do it to Giles for two weeks. Yep. Okay. That's mm-hmm. fine. To Hoffer and Watch, no. Most valuable weapon, the Sunnydale cell phones. No. No. Didn't see any. Michael Wick and Amy Gothwatch. I think only Willow did magic. So that's a no. Yep. Too many damn kids in the summer's house. No. All quiet on the Western Front. There are two children that we see. Unfortunately, shouldn't have been in it. And then it would have been like a resounding no, which would have been great. But no, they are they're gone. Uh, by the way, is Willow okay? No, no one cares about her anymore. Relationship wise, friendship wise, magic wise, absolutely terrible. Dawn is disappointed that she didn't use a magic X-ray to tell her if that if she's okay. She was genuinely crestfallen. That, that there was not a magic x-ray. And then Willow just leaves, cryptically, and Buffy, or anyone, no one stops her. No one. Nope. They don't care. They don't give a shit. Buffy? Hey, I uh, just got a phone call. I'm going to have to take off for a while, maybe a day or two. What's wrong? Nothing you need to worry about. I'll give you the full scoop later. Maybe I'll even bring back some good news. If anybody was going to leave, you'd be, you would ask, what are you doing? Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah. You didn't even ask that. You didn't even let her lie. Hate it. <laughs> Books a million. Yeah, Giles is going to bring his backup library sent from home. <laughs> Drove me up the wall. Who's going to send it, Miss Horseness? What are we doing? <laughs> Who's packing the books? She doesn't have hands. <laughs> she doesn't have hands. No, Giles is going to oh use my... this um, uh, infinite amount of time he has fucking around the world. Fucking oh, that's the world. right. <laughs> Why didn't he just go and do that? 
gotta go yeah. pick up a potential bring back a book like, what the fuck is <laughs> i'll spend the money that i have but fuck you buffy you don't get anything i'm gonna bitch about your life but mm-hmm. you know spend all the money on this um Willow then obviously reads a spell from some book, whatever, that Giles clearly brought from fucking um, England. And uh, Smike, uh, Smike, Spike got smashed into a bookcase. So that was pretty cool. Streets Ahead, the only place that was new was Robin's makeshift church slash dojo Mm -hmm. uh, that we went to. Otherwise, I think it was kind of all the same. And then finally, Giles' biggest KO. As you alluded to at the top, both of you. This is one of his worst episodes. I think this is kind of the lowest point that he's going to come to. Um, Why is he in the school to begin with? We know the lax codes Mm -hmm. of adults running around school. Tough stuff. Um, Why would you think that the the library would have continuity, the old old library and the new library, from a building that was literally exploded? And the anti-techno-pagan shit is tiring what would jenny think that's all i could think this whole time (laughs) we're just kind of like getting season two and three stuff and it's very weird knowledge comes from crafted bindings and pages buffy not ones and zeros books smell musty and and, and rich the knowledge gained from a computer is it it has no no texture no no context it's it's there and then it's gone if it's to last then then the getting of knowledge should be uh, tangible it should be um, smelly that's tv the idiot box is tv this is the good box i still prefer a good book i hope you cast that demon out of the internet i think that merits some trust um putting hands on spike or putting hands on buffy he grabbed buffy um which i i thought buffy was gonna like react to but didn't really do much um and i was afraid that they were gonna make giles right like, I thought that they were going to make Giles right because that's what the show kind of does. But I'm glad that Buffy was right. And Buffy's the one shutting, in the end, uh, the the door on him. He scams Buffy into a graveyard training session with no, no advice to give. Uh, he has the gall to call Buffy's life chaos, which I think is pretty fucked up. Um, he says, takes more than a rousing speech to lead Buffy. Fuck you. Uh, she does just fine. And uh, my final thought is that he should be persona, persona non grata, period. I think that he should be let go i just don't think he should be part of the group anymore it's wild that he's still here i kind of wish he was a different character we could do a lot of cool things with giles and i just don't know why hanging around and like critiquing buffy in season seven is worth it yeah yeah that's a tough look i bet my rankings are going to accurately reflect all the things that you said you need to learn no i think you've taught me everything i need to know live here uh thank you very much for that yes indeed they are important they are they're very important that's why we made them up i mean that's why they were handed down to us by god yeah the council <laughs> the council there we go <laughs> 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 ah, it's time to rank this sucker are you ready are you ready willow hacks we talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes uh willow's spell with the prokaryote oh. stone is what triggers the entire episode ah Yes. Pun not intended, but now intended. Mm. Uh, also, she disappears, and that's a classic magician's illusion. So, seven for Willow. <laughs> uh, wow. Dawn needs an adult. Dawn, not in the episode. Uh, she only has, literally only has two lines. I actually paid attention. Xander has technically two lines, but it's more like one line broken in two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawn has literally two lines, and Willow, I think, has three. And then Anya has the one line where she's like, Spike Mm -hmm. has a pass. So I was like, wow, we really contractually obligated to to get these people in here. Anyway, uh, Don 
does do a scream, as you mentioned. So I think that counts for something. So I gave her a six instead of a five. Monster of the week. Spike's mom is excellent. Very upsetting, but excellent. The words ever since you, the day you slithered from me like a parasite, all you wanted to do was be back inside. It's just like one of the most upsetting things ever said on the show. So she gets a 10 for that. Great job, Spike's mom. I think the most. Uh, Giles level of Giles. I didn't do power in this episode because Giles was in the episode. Uh, <laughs> he's upset about books, which is very Gilesy, and he makes hard choices, even at the risk of losing Buffy. So I gave him a ten <laughs> because wow. he deserves he it. He glasses too. He does oh, glasses too. and his glasses. There you go. So whether or not he should have done it, or whether or not we're starting to not like him as a character, he, yeah. he was Giles about it. <laughs> so he gets a ten. That's even more damning. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty tough. He was the most Giles and did the most shitty things. Uh, relationship goodness or badness? The only characters in this episode, not counting Spike's memories, are Spike, Principal Wood, Buffy, and Giles. So Buffy and Wood, not on great terms. Buffy and Giles, really not on great terms. But Buffy and Spike, I think really good. Buffy picked really Spike good. over that, literally everyone. She's He's mm-hmm. the only one she actually cares about anymore. So what about something. What about Spike and Robin? Oh, yeah, probably... I don't know. I think we ended in a neutral place. I think we we understand each other now. If anything, they, they're in a better spot because there's no no. We don't need to do any more weirdness or wood looking into the camera intensely. We could just like you know we know. He don't also fuck with beat me, the shit out of him. You. Straight up beat the shit out of him. And like yeah. I think when he's like, I'll kill you from outside. It's like no, he fucking will. He, <laughs> he will kill you. <laughs> anyway, things are strained. I gave it a four. Uh, episode specific. I think you've taught me everything I need to know. Door slam. 10 out of 10. That is a statement. And we'll never recover. Giles will never be our friend again. I mean, for the show, we will pretend and we'll have our, our nice kumbaya in the end, but uh, we know better. Be the same. Anyway, total of 47. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I didn't really gush about it because I had a lot of stuff I wanted to cover and I think we had a great conversation about it. But it just D.B. Woodside cannot be overstated how fucking great of a job he did. And, I mean, James Marshall's too, for what it's worth, he had to, like, be psychotic over and over again. And the way he plays Spillium, it was all just really good. And Buffy thrives when we keep it small, keep it insular, mm-hmm. really focus and spend time with the people. You know, <laughs> who knew that the show would end up being that we're not really spending time with the Scoobies, we're spending time with Buffy and, I guess, Giles, but then a bad guy and a rando for all intents and purposes. But that's when it gets good, when you have the time to actually talk okay. to our characters and develop stuff. I really enjoyed it. Three of 17 for the season, above Storyteller and below Conversations with Dead People. Where did you rank this episode? Um, I ranked this episode 35 out of 139. Nice. Nice. So it's below I Was Made to Love You and Fear Itself. And it's above yeah. Nightmares and the Harvest. I like that Fear Itself is so high. I love that episode. Uh, me too. Season one's up. I like, yeah, you know I love season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Season Nightmares two is, was the MVP, though. Nightmares is like under under the radar, really great episode. Yeah. Seeing, seeing Buffy in the vampire makeup for the only yeah. time in the whole show is just like, it's so cool. So Baseball? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you lose, it's bad. <laughs> Never Iconic. Forget. When you lose, Lucky it's bad. Lucky 19. Uh, well, excellent, excellent position. Thank Not you. that you needed our approval, Thank but you. you did very well. Thank you. I feel really good about <laughs> yeah. this ranking for the first time in five seasons. 
Uh, please tell me what you wrote for the synopsis. Uh, it's not very fun. I put Spike flashes back to killing his mom slash killing Nikki. Robin has a cross shack. Giles betrays Buffy for Robin. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Cross shack. Baby cross shack. Daniel, where did you rank this episode? I love Nikki. Uh, I love Fool for Love interspersed fight scenes. They're the mm-hmm. best fight scenes. The only ones that I ever want to see again. Oh, and Spike looks so badass. Sorry. He looks even cooler in this episode in the 70s than he did the, in the last one. He looks so cool. Oh, sure. God. Absolutely. He, lo- he looks great in, in real time, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he is such a fucking cool character. God damn it. <laughs> uh, D.B. Woodside. So fucking great. Imagine if he was introduced in this episode. I'm so happy that we spent the time yeah. to make principal would matter my only hope is that the threads that that i talked about from before are gonna get um paid off at some point um what's the end game for giles and robin is spike actually cured or is he delusional uh obviously i think he's delusional about his mom but is that gonna play into anything with the first later on will we see slayer dumb questioned meaningfully ever again or do we just accept it i know buffy like i said gets kicked out of the house why is it because her law has become too much and people want her gone, or what is the thing? And then, of course, will we ever see Dawn, and will anybody love her ever again? <laughs> These are things that I want to see uh, going forward. I know we're about to meet Caleb. The end game is happening. Because of that, I am hesitant to put it in my highest slots. Four and ten are my two highest slots. The idea of this, I think I wanted it to be a ten, but there's just something about it that I, I just don't know. I don't think I would put it as low as 31 because I really, really like the episode. But that's the next number mm. in the list. So it is officially 31 out of 137. I hope Chosen doesn't have to become the default four because it's the last one. I hope I can either choose that or um, uh, another episode is going to be really great. Dead Thing style or, um, you know, one of those crazy ones. So My gut is that this is the one that was the one. So we'll see. I don't know. Anyway... So, should you have anything else to say about lies my parents told me? I do. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I have an essay written. Yeah. Uh, yes. In this essay, I will argue that. Uh, what I realized is, um, and we didn't talk about this, is that the first is actually the one that told Robin that Spike was the one who killed his mom. Correct. Which would then imply that the first is what set Robin on the trajectory of killing Spike. So why would the first want Spike dead? And therefore, it's, I mean, I guess because we assume that the first knows that Spike is the key to killing the first or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess the entire thing is that the first is trying to get everyone to kill Spike because yeah. first they set Buffy on him and now we're setting Robin at him. And so Robin, selfishly, as a bad guy, is like, I know the first gave me this information and so clearly wants Spike dead, but I too want him dead and manipulates Giles and then Giles doesn't care and so Buffy's the only one that's right, basically. <laughs> also, he, he didn't play that card. He never said once that my mom came to me and told me that. Well, Spike- I, no, I wonder if that would have changed Giles's, um logic about killing Spike yeah. if he had known. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if they more explicitly said, like, the first knows. But I, I guess they do say, and Andrew repeats a couple of times, uh, it's not time for him yet. It's not time for him yet. I know. But that's that's more using Spike as a tool and not trying to kill Spike. So, Or know. are they just say, saying that to try to make Spike seem more dangerous? Yeah. Right, which manipulates them into killing him, which is what I've never thought about this before. 
I've never thought about the first motivations at all. Because they never, do a bad job. Never once did I think about why the first is doing anything they're doing with Spike. Yeah. This has been such a revelation for me. I've never thought about the fact that the first is the one that told Robin who Spike was and therefore is the reason Robin is trying to kill Spike. I never thought about the fact that Spike killing all those peoples would peoples would be a justification that Buffy would kill, kill Spike. Yep. It's a good thing that, you know, Buffy has feelings for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they really don't spell it out at all. R.I.P. So. villains for not understanding love. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a more serious version of the trio. Like, it, he's still kind of like a silly bad guy that we don't understand. But it's like way hey, more serious. Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll get a nice surprise in the next episode when they're trying to kick Buffy. Buffy, Buffy. God damn. Buffy. I did <laughs> when they're trying to kick Buffy out of the house. <laughs> And uh, she goes, don't you think this could possibly be all the first plans? Don't you think that he's been trying to get us mm-hmm. to kill Spike over uh. and over because he matters, because he's important? Like, wow, uh. I've never actually put that together before. I don't know if that's going to happen, but... I mean, maybe, I hope she says that explicitly. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> because I'm too dumb. I thought she was going to. You're <laughs> no. saying, what if she says... Oh, Kelly. No. I was looking forward to it. No. I was like, yes, hopefully she finally. does. We have to we have to spend hours <laughs> discussing this season for me to finally understand that the first is systematically trying to eliminate Spike in every way since the first can't actually kill motherfucking Spike because the first is a stupid wimpy ghost. <laughs> but then okay. Oh, and the first but, had Spike kidnapped. Yeah, I was just gonna say, but Spike was kidnapped. And the harboringers could have staked him at any Anytime. time. Okay. So there we go. We so blew this is fucked up. Right, a hole right through that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was suddenly like, oh my god, maybe the first is actually genius and I've been too dumb to understand it. No, I'm sorry. This is stupid. We're back to this is stupid. No, I was right. This is dumb. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Good thing you remembered that immediately because, yeah, that is uh, that is. Um, an obvious point to they could have killed him. Yeah. Could've you don't need him. to manipulate people into killing Spike. You had him. Also, even if you didn't want to kill him at that moment, you still have bringers who could attack Spike and kill him. Yeah. <sighs> Forgiveness makes us human. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm so sorry. What a roller coaster of yeah. emotion. <sighs> We're getting to the end. Yep. Cool. Okay, well, join us for next week when we all find out together if Buffy tries to say that the Spike might, their first might have been manipulating them all along to kill Spike, but that probably won't happen. But what we will get is Faith, and I couldn't be more excited, because not only did we get Faith, but we also get the mayor, and you know I love that motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) So, please join us for that. Until then, Stacia, say goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Daniel, say goodbye. So, they have a podcast, a soul, and an internet connection? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you as always for listening and please join us for Dirty Girls next time. Goodbye! Do you think you'll be able to love her? Think you'll be able to touch her without feeling me? What you've ever wanted was to be back inside. always wanted was my dark little prince my mother loved me forgiveness makes us human with all her heart i was her world